If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Drinking wine or smoking pot or whatever, that's how you raise your children. And you, you justify that with your family, and that's where it should be left. And then when they get out on their own, they can do what they want with their family. But the government stepping in saying, Frank, you shouldn't drink or you shouldn't smoke that joint, that's wrong. And we've proved that all it does, as Joe brought up, the violence, the, the cartels. And when you make all that stuff where people can get it on their own, grow their own, just like prohibition. You know, one thing bad about prohibition for the government was organized crime really became organized. And the government never could compete with those guys. If, they, if it wouldn't have been for tax dollars and uh, the FBI, those guys would have been in business forever because they know how to run stuff. Yeah. And real quick, though, uh, if you are looking to make some money in the drug trade, and I use that term loosely. Uh, and it just happens. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. There are stocks that follow these companies that are growing, uh, you know, on a large scale and they're national. And you can buy some of these stocks. They're still relatively cheap right now. So if you wanted to, you know, like I said, make money off the drug trade and without being affiliated with a cartel, that's, that's one way to get into the business if you like that. Well, one thing Oregon did do about hemp is because, you know, they have strict rules like here in Oregon, everybody uh, can grow four plants for their own personal use with no license, no permit, no nothing. You just you just got to make it so people can't see it from the road. That's the only thing. But you can, you know, you can have four plants. Anybody in the state can have four plants. But you see, hemp, you know, because of that, there was no commercial viability of it because you can't make any money, everybody growing four plants of hemp. You have to grow fields of this stuff, just like, you know, any other commercial thing. And they've loosened that up. So we should, uh, here in Oregon, uh, from what I hear up north, they're going to be uh, building a uh, hemp processing plant. Because as it is right now, uh, the only hemp processing plant in uh, North America is in Canada. Uh, so wow. That's going to be coming up. And, uh, you know, that's a really good thing because it's much more durable goods. I mean, whether it's your clothes or paper, it just just lasts a lot longer if it's made out of hemp. Yeah, and it's uh, pretty easy to grow, is it not, uh, Frank? Oh, yeah, it's like a weed. It is a weed, you know, really. Well, you know, and, and I like what you guys did up there. The legislature didn't get to decide. The political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. You've made a serious investment in protecting yourself and your family. You've purchased the gun, the ammunition, the training, and even secured a license to carry in your state. 
You know the Constitution and don't believe you should have to pay for a right that you already have, as written in the Second Amendment, but you are law-abiding. Now you are considering the legal defense options you should have if you ever have to use a firearm. Self-Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more. Up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Discover selfdefensefund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. Hello, I'm Gary Wilcox with Pet Floors of Houston. We specialize in luxury vinyl tile installations for your home or your office. We sell a high-performance floor that is perfect for anyone who has dogs or cats or is trying to get a floor that just looks beautiful without nearly the maintenance that other floors have. It's a heavy-duty commercial PVC product. It looks like wood or stone or tile. This is a floor choice that you find major retailers have in their stores or intimate cafe or even your fast food restaurants. The adhesive that we use is waterproof. The product is waterproof, and so therefore, you can use a bleach water solution, clean it right up, and you're back to normal. It doesn't hold any odor, it's realistic, it's hygienic, it's affordable, and there's no click, click, click noise on it when you walk on this floor. It's just amazing. We've been in this house for about eight years, and we've had some hardwood floors down. And it was really one of those things where they were looking worn and needed to be refinished, and we were really looking for an alternative. And we found Gary with pet floors, and he came out and measured. And the measurement process went very easily, and when it came to installation time, they came out here, did a fine job. The installers were great, the service has been great ever since. I love my new floors. They're great, extremely durable, and they just look beautiful. From a cleaning standpoint, from an overall care standpoint, you don't even have to think about what you're doing. It's, it's, there's no special care. It, it's really nice. Actually, have a mobile showroom so I can come out to your home or offices at a time that's convenient for you and I can show you the samples that would look right in your home I can even help you make decisions and coach you through this it's not like I've done this one or two times but I've done it many many times so give me a phone call and I'm happy to come out there I do estimates for you right there on the spot and it's all free of charge that that floor of Houston Floors.com. TV and radio are great mediums for mass instruction, but for those times when you just want to hold something in your hands, there is the damn good times. I still love the newspaper, but I'm tired of the liberal bias. That's why I reach for the damn good times. Always full of interesting stories and great information, and you can have it delivered to your doorstep by calling 281-332-5710 or sending an email to news at the damngoodtimes.com. Just $50 a year will get a full subscription. It's a great gift for all the patriots you know. Do it now. As you know, this is the final stage in your examination. It's a rather informal test in which we try to get some line on your ability to think on your feet. Your reaction to stress and pressure. Clear your desk. Get your number two pencil ready. If you are ready, the Inquisition is about to begin. If you have questions, please refer them to the chat room and make them good. Go ahead, make my day. You've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Bunk? Live from Houston, Texas, a man who calls it like he sees it, without the normal political correctness he may have grown comfortable with. It's time 
for the Texas Perspective on Current News and Events. This show is not for the faint of heart or easily offended. Chances are you will learn something and along the way get to hear some great music from bands you may have missed. The doctor is in and he will see you now. Well, I guess we better get on with it. And welcome everybody to the show. The show must go on no matter what. Got a lot of phone calls today, lots of interesting things happening out there, and getting a lot of questions about what I think on various different things. So we're going to try to cover some of those for you today on the show. But right out of the box, we want to get down to uh, Rick Perry. Yeah, Rick Perry. A lot of you know him well. I mean, Rick Perry was a governor here absolutely forever. And uh, I think he had the longest run as governor ever. And Rick Perry, I mean, we all know him. He, Rick Perry's the guy that said, we've got to build that fence down there on the border. We've got to stop them illegal aliens from coming in here. And then the day after he got elected to governor, he said, nah, it never worked. Yeah, that Rick Perry. Rick Perry, the guy who said, uh, you know, if I, uh, if I get elected president, we're going to get rid of three things, Department of Education, and uh, I, I even forget what the others were, but uh, one of them was the Department of Energy. That was one he couldn't remember. And so uh, now it looks like he may be in charge of it. I mean, he's left Texas effectively in January 2015. I really thought he's probably going to move to California because he loves it out there. But uh, now he is slated to be the new secretary of the Department of Energy. So I just want to read you some stuff on Rick Perry today and give you a feel for how that might look and where Rick Perry is today, where he was then, and maybe where he's going. Uh, Meanwhile, for those of you that are watching on uh, YouTube, I got these delicious little uh, bars here my wife figured out how to make. Found a recipe on Facebook or something. Anyway, they're fabulous. They got chocolate on one side, kind of toffee on the other, and then in between is like a saltine cracker. I know it doesn't sound delicious, but let me tell you, it's spectacular. Sweet and savory and crunchy. So it's Christmas, so I'm eating these things. I I, uh, I got my little treasure trove right here, my my uh, bag of booty, if you will. Uh, so I'm probably going to gain 40, 50 pounds uh, this Christmas, uh, Christmas month, and then I'm going to have to get on to losing that when I uh, get into... The month of January, but meanwhile, we are just having a good time. So, glad to have you all. If you are on Facebook, of course, you're just now tuning in and you missed the spectacular first five minutes. If you're on YouTube, you got the whole deal. But we're glad to have you, glad to have you on the show. So anyway, Rick Perry left the Texas legislature back in 2015, and he couldn't help but reflect at that point in time on the state of uh energy here in in uh, Texas and where it was and where it was going. So uh, he said, uh, today horizontal slant drilling is now tapping oil and gas fields that were totally unreachable just a few years ago. And then he went on to uh, scold New York for banning hydraulic fracturing, and I think that's just fine. I don't want that going on in New York. Do we want New York independent? And the answer is absolutely not. We want them dependent upon Foreign oil, that is oil from Texas, from the uh, Free Republic of Texas. Anyway, uh, uh, Perry went on to say, in Texas, we've chosen jobs. We've chosen energy security. 
we will one day end America's dependence upon hostile sources of foreign energy. This is true because right now what we are doing is buying foreign oil from Islamic countries, and then they're using that money to buy a stick to beat us with. How stupid are we? Anyway, uh, Texas' longest-serving governor is unsurprisingly pro-oil pro oil and pro-gas, so this is a good thing. Now, that was interesting. I don't know what just happened, but everything in my audio just changed. Frank, did you do that? I don't think so. I don't know. I didn't lose it. So anyway, uh, maybe my ears just opened up. Who knows? But um, Perry left a nuanced energy legacy here in Texas, including overseeing a boom in fossil fuels and renewables during his time in Austin. Uh, Texas is still the number one U.S. producer of both natural gas and wind energy. Thank you, T. Boone Pickens. And uh, he's now poised to take that experience to Washington, and uh, President-elect Donald Trump has reportedly chosen him for the U.S. Secretary of Energy. Look, guys, you could have got somebody worse for that post, okay? So the appointment would mark the full repair of Perry's relationship with Donald Trump, whom he once called a cancer on conservatism back when he was an idiot. The problem with Donald Trump and Rick Perry and most of the conservative Republicans out there is Donald Trump is not a conservative. We all know that. Donald Trump is not a conservative. Uh, Ronald Reagan was not necessarily a conservative, much more of a centrist. But the problem was this. The reason why the rhinos hated him was because Donald Trump was more conservative than the leadership in the Republican Party. He's more conservative than Mitch Turtle McConnell. He's more conservative than Paul Ryan. And this really bothered them to have a president that was potentially going to upset their apple cart. Well, now they got one. So we're going to see what's going to happen with that. But that's why they were making statements like, hey, cancer on conservatism. And the good news is it looks like Donald Trump's going to do exactly what I told you he was going to do. Uh, he's uh, dragging Mitt Romney around, and he's going to leave him lying in the street somewhere. So if confirmed, Rick Perry would be the third Texan to be in that position, which involves overseeing energy research and policy with ramifications on the economy, environment, and national security. And for those of you that are into national security, you know that there's nothing more insecure than us depending on foreign oil from Islamic countries that hate us and plan to kill us. Anything that Islam touches is going to immediately turn to absolute dog do, and worse than that, maybe even radioactive waste, because anything Islam is likely to end up in your death at some point or another, unless you're planning to convert to Islam. If you convert to Islam, then you'll live a little longer, unless you're a woman. Now, if you're a woman, that's going to be a real problem, because uh, let's face it, in Islam, women have a somewhat lower position than do cattle. So uh, Islam's not good for women, but I digress. Anyway, judging by the past, other people are questioning Perry's qualifications to lead this massive federal agency, particularly since he called for it. I actually happen to think that's a good idea. I would love to see Rick Perry maybe do the unusual thing, and that is simply work himself out of a job by just gradually shutting down the entire Department of Energy. I think I talked to you about how that came into being under Jimmy Carter and how its alleged goal was to uh, get rid of our dependence on foreign oil, foreign energy in general, 
and how we spend uh, something like $85 billion a year on that agency. And yet, after almost 40 years, they have yet to solve the problem. They've yet to solve a single problem. They have yet to live up to their charter, and therefore, me as a businessman, if I got something that's obviously not working, I quit doing it. And it doesn't take me 40 years to figure that out either. Uh, the government, of course, is a totally different deal. Rick Perry's qualifications are being questioned. Uh, will they concede that he championed renewables during his tenure? They also described that he had very fervent support for traditional fossil fuels. We should. Oil is cheap. It works. It can be used cleanly. And we make more stuff out of oil than you might imagine. There's more to oil than the oil you put in your motor or the gasoline that we derive from it. Everything on my desk here is made of oil. Even my desk. The, uh, the beautiful uh, picture of wood that's on the top is probably some kind of vinyl veneer. I don't know. It feels like wood. It might be wood. But everything else up here, my mixing board, my monitor, uh, my uh, laptop computer, my, my microphone, at least parts of it, um, the speakers I'm listening to, these are all products of the petroleum industry. So uh, oil is a very important thing, and it's, uh, it's way more than what most people think. Last year, uh, Rick Perry joined the Board of Energy Transfer Partners up in Dallas, and uh, they are the company behind the Dakota Access Pipeline. Its CEO happens to be Dallas billionaire Kelsey Warren, a major supporter of Rick Perry's political endeavors. But Perry's intimate understanding and support of the energy business very likely making the perfect choice, says Barry Smitherman, the former Texas energy regulator, uh, a guy who had an absolutely fabulous wife who kept saying that Barry was going to come on my show, but that didn't happen. Once again, I digress. Uh, but Barry Smitherman is the only person that served both on the Texas Railroad Commission and the state's Public Utility Commission. And, of course, Texas Railroad Commission has very little to do with railroads and everything to do with Texas energy. But uh, Smitherman went on to say, look, he's very qualified. I mean, he, he was the CEO of our state for 14 years of incredible energy development. And he recalls uh, Rick Perry also supported state energy regulators during the shale revolution uh, down there at uh, Eagle Ford Shale. That's a big deal. It's such a big deal that down there McDonald's was having to pay uh, $12 or $13 an hour for entry-level workers because they couldn't get anybody. Anyway, they're all working in the oil field for $20 now. Governor Perry has been at the epicenter of all of those advances, said Barry Smitherman. The Washington, D.C. power utility lawyer Joe Hall said he suspects Perry will be well received by the energy sector. He'll need to express his goals for the National Nuclear Security Administration, a semi-autonomous agency with the Department of Energy. But Texas is a market leader on the policy, law, economics of oil, gas, and electric power industries. Um, Joe Hall went on to say he understands the carbon policy, the oil and gas business, the generation of transmission development business. So, uh, you know, all this stuff's looking kind of good so far. During Rick Perry's tenure, uh, oil and natural gas uh, just exploded, not literally, but, I mean, really took off. It went up by 260% uh, and 50%, respectively, 260% for oil and natural oil and 50% for natural gas. 
course, if you want a lot of natural gas, I'd step up to the Pink Palace there in Austin. They got lots of it. Uh, anyway, these booms poured billions of dollars into state coffers, helped lift Texas from the last recession. That's why Texas was doing so much better than anyone else in the United States. The phenomenon also stirred concerns about air and water quality and strained infrastructure in some regions, including roads and emergency response capabilities. But that's what happens when you have growth. Uh, of course, since Perry left office, and not because he was in office, uh, oil prices have significantly dropped, and that's because OPEC really upped their production to kill the Texas oil industry, particularly the shale oil industry. Uh, OPEC launched an attack on Texas, on America, and on Russia by doing that. And that could have been considered an act of war. I talked about it here. I still sort of consider it as an act of war. I think that Saudi Arabia should have been brought to heel. But, you know, with a pussy in the Oval Office, I mean, excuse me, I didn't mean to say that. With a cat in the Oval Office like Barack Obama, a black cat, if you will, very bad luck. Um, for the most part, technological advances like hydraulic fracturing and horizontal drilling spurred the energy renaissance. Energy officials and industry officials have cheered uh, Rick Perry's relatively low-tax, low-regulation environment and their willingness to push back against the EPA, which is now going to be chaired by a real man up from Oklahoma. Maybe we can uh, do something about that. For those of you that were stupid enough to shell out the money to go see the Simpsons movie, uh, you remember uh, Grandpa was always talking about, EPA, EPA, you know, it's going to kill us all. Well, that's basically the truth. And EPA is another agency that we hope will be done away with by its new head. Uh, energy companies supported Rick Perry's call to lift a moratorium on deepwater drilling after the Deepwater Horizon rig explosion. And as you recall, the, the courts ruled that that was an illegal moratorium and had to be lifted immediately. And Barack Obama thumbed his nose at him and said, I do what I damn well please. Shut up. And that's exactly what he did do. Rick Perry signed a bill in 2003 that made a permanent controversial tax break for high-cost natural gas and saved drillers billions of dollars in avoided payments. Thank you, Jesus. And in his final month in office, he called on the federal leaders to construct a comprehensive energy plan and speed up natural gas exports, partly to protect the gas-dependent U.S. allies in Europe from Russian aggression. And then, of course, the other thing we got going on. I don't know if they want to be on the radio show or not, but uh, we'll check that out. The number to call if you want to be on the show today is 800-932-1980. 800-932-1980 if you want to be on the Doc Green show today. So, uh, caller, if you want to be on the show, call back. 1-800-932-1980. So, uh, anyway... MAGA 2000 wind farms composed a mere 116 megawatts of capacity on the mainstream electrical grid here in Texas. But that number soared to more than 11,000 megawatts under Perry. That's a pretty huge increase. Wind fuels uh, now about 10% of our total power generation. On average, one megawatt hour can total... Uh, can actually power 260 typical Texas homes for an hour. So uh, much of the renewable expansion wasn't necessarily Perry's idea, but he did support it. 
So uh, likely because of an increased job growth that did not add to climate change. It's, I mean, it used to be global warming, then it's global cooling, now it's climate change. And, of course, we've talked about that ad infinitum here. So for us, wind development in Texas was never about climate change. It was about economic development. Former uh, President George W. Bush, Bush 43, laid the groundwork for Texas rapid wind energy growth. He signed a bill in 1999 that deregulated the electric sector, a mammoth undertaking that Rick Perry would end up overseeing, and established a renewable energy requirement that kick-started wind development. And Perry added that by 2005, by signing legislation that required Texas to increase its renewable energy, to at least 5,880 megawatts by 2015. Of course, we, we have exceeded that. I've seen Frank was in there with a comment. Frank said, I happen to believe it was coordinated attack against Russia as the U.S. through their proxy army of mercenaries, for instance, ISIS and Blackwater, attacks Syria, and then Saudi collapses the oil process, the oil uh, uh, market, an effort to prevent Russia from being able to afford to defend their ally. Hmm. Well, and, you know, that's a, that's a theory worth consideration. Still, Texas ended up getting shot at the same time, even if that were true. But, of course, then Barack Obama absolutely hates Texas. So why would he not do that? Just a thought. So anyway, Rick Perry also backed a $7 billion electrical transmission project to connect the windy, largely empty West Texas area to the growing cities that demanded more power. They completed that in 2013. The Competitive Renewal Energy Zone, the CREZ, if you will, initiative uh, stretches across 3,600 miles and can send up to 18,500 megawatts of power from non-wind sources across the state so for both does both wind and non-wind solar eh, not so much the sun may shine bright on my old kentucky home but uh perhaps less so here in texas i don't know advocates were generally unhappy with perry's efforts on solar energy uh a lot of democrats are really unhappy that we didn't invest heavily in solyndra before it went bankrupt because then we could have lost a lot more money there too but Texas still leads the nation in solar energy potential. The solar industry struggled to get a foothold during Perry's tenure because lawmakers provided fewer incentives than, le- than other states. Uh, of course, Harry Reid out there, that was the whole reason why he was attacking the Bundys, was he was trying to get all of that land assembled together so they could put in a Chinese uh, solar energy farm right there. Um, thank God. The Bundys are still around, and uh, Harry Reid, Dirty Harry, is uh, going away. That's good news. Dingy Harry, as uh, Russ likes to call him. Solar generation has grown rapidly under uh, Perry, or since he left, because the improved technology has made it cheaper. Then there's coal. Rick Perry forged ahead on new coal plants while he was the governor. In fact, even as some states refused to allow new coal plants uh, power generation to be set up. We were going nuts with it down here. Coal is clean. It burns well. It generates a lot of electricity, and it's low cost. Back in 05, uh, Rick Perry issued an executive order to help rapidly approve the coal plant permits. 
A power conglomerate planned to build 11 of those coal-fired plants here in Texas, but they ultimately scrapped the plans for eight of the carbon dioxide spewing units after environmentalists protested. Carbon dioxide is horrible gas. The only, the only problem with carbon dioxide is that plants require it. If you don't have any carbon dioxide, plants die. You see, plants breathe carbon dioxide, and then they emit oxygen. Ah, just spot. The biggest thing Rick Perry did on energy was try to fast-track 11 coal plants. And I think everybody in Texas ought to be glad that plan failed, said Marston of the Environmental Defense Fund. I think Marston ought to take a corn cob and uh, plant it. Coal works. It is very, very clean. And it generates a lot of electricity very inexpensively. And I don't know about you guys, but I would like to get a return back to the days when my electric bill was $25 a month. Instead of the uh, 250 or 300 it is now. Anyway, Rick Perry also advocated uh, what supporters call clean coal power plants. Yeah, we already talked about that. Several projects have been struggling to get off the ground, but, you know, the environmentalists are out there killing them as fast as they start to grow, and that's a problem. So coal power has steadily lost market share to natural gas renewables in recent years in Texas and across the U.S., Another part of Rick Perry's legacy, storing nuclear waste in Texas. During his tenure, Texas became one of the nation's few facilities that would accept low-level nuclear waste. Since 2012, waste control specialist in Andrews County, a company that was formerly owned by late Texas, late Dallas billionaire Republican donor Harold Simmons, who died a couple of years ago, uh, disposed of contaminated tools, building materials, and protective clothing among other items, from shuttered reactors and hospitals. And then, over the objection of environmental wackos, that site rapidly grew during Perry's final years in office and gained state permission in 2014 to double its capacity and to reduce its financial liability should its owner suddenly have to close up shop. As he inevitably will, as the environmentalists continue to try to take over. But this year, waste control specialists applied for a license from the Nuclear Regulatory Commission to uh, spent to to uh, store spent nuclear reactor fuel at its facility in West Texas, pitching it as a temporary solution to the problem of finding a final resting place for the highly radioactive waste. U.S. Department of Energy plays a major role in advancing and implementing policy on nuclear waste. Meanwhile, if Texas decided it would like to permanently store spent nuclear fuel, Congress would need to change the 1987 law naming Yucca Mountain as the nation's repository for high-level radioactive waste. U.S. and the Senate remain sharply divided. Excuse me, U.S. House and Senate remain sharply divided on that issue. But once again, with the new Congress going in, maybe that will change. So in 2014, uh, Perry ordered the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality to evaluate the challenges proposed or posed by spent nuclear fuel and other high-level radioactive waste currently stored at reactor sites. <coughs> Texas Delphi, excuse me. Texas now faces the real possibility it will have to find a solution to the long-term issue of safe and secure handling of this waste. 
So um, anyway, that's uh, that's uh, what we got on Rick Perry. That's interesting. Wanted to fill you in all of the, on all of that. We're going to be right back after this break on the Doc Green Show, and I'll check into the chat room. Be right back, guys. and you are really concerned about your legal jeopardy and the resulting media coverage, was deadly force justified? In your town, the politics of self-defense is not favorable, but at least you're alive and your family is protected. Fortunately, you have Self-Defense Fund, a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more, up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney cost per member. Discover selfdefensefund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. Maintaining your home air conditioner is just as important as maintenance on your car. You don't know the big difference there's going to be until you've had the work done. I thought my system was working fine, but now it's better than ever. Galen Beatty did it for me, and he'll do it for you. Good servicing will not only keep your system performing well during the sweltering summers here in Houston, but it will save you money year after year. In my case, it cut my AC power consumption by 20%. Do what I did. Have Galen Beatty set up regular AC maintenance to cut your energy bill and prevent system failure at the worst time. And what's better than being comfortable and saving money? Whether you need a basic tune-up or it's time to put in a new super-efficient system, you should call BDAC, 281-222-9591. That's 281-222-9591 to schedule an AC system tune-up. BDAC and Heat. That's B-E-E-D-E-A-C and Heat.com. BDAC and Heat.com. Smoke Depot wishes you well. Locally owned and operated, we have all sorts of tobacco products. Come take advantage of our sale on vapor products up to 50% off. Thanks for listening to us on the Dot Green Show on ABRN, RER, Facebook, or YouTube. We are located at 1639 West Highway 290 in Fredericksburg. Like us on Facebook, Tejas Smoke Depot in Fredericksburg, Texas. Here's an important message from Vita Scientific. If you have high blood sugar or type 2 diabetes, these are serious medical issues that require immediate attention. Did you know that it's possible to actually reverse high blood sugar and diabetes by using simple, natural products proven to balance your blood sugar? It's time to do what I did. Take control of your life. Vita Scientific's clinically tested formula will help you to feel healthy and energetic. These breakthrough supplements, along with small changes in your diet and exercise plan, may be the answer you've been looking for to set you on the path to optimal health. These products will not interfere with your current medical treatments, so start getting excited about feeling great again. Please visit VitaScientific.com or call Vita Scientific at 210-520-8432. That's 210-520-8432 to learn more. Tell them Doc Green sent you and get 50% off your first order. Call now. The 
doctor is in. And the doctor is back. So, uh, Steve Malloy, good to see you in there. Thank you uh, this morning for that little video and uh, the additional promotion. I do appreciate it. Uh, William Miller says, I'd rather see nuclear grow because spent fuel can be recycled with next-generation reactors. And then the, uh, Roddy had mentioned the Russians control all the oil going to Europe. No question about it. I don't know if the feed has gotten any better, guys. I suspect part of this problem is because I've got... Yeah, my pro- my processor's like at 100%. So uh, let me see if I close some of this stuff and uh, cut down the amount of RAM that's being used. See if that will help. ATF, by the way, has made a chilling find, and the ATF basically is absolutely worthless. I mean, alcohol is legal, firearms are protected by the Constitution, explosives. Uh, maybe, you know, if you go to bat fee and you add explosives, maybe that's something that they might ought to consider a little bit. But uh, alcohol is legal. Tobacco is legal. Firearms are allegedly protected by the Constitution of the United States. So why do we have a B-A-T-F-E? Because they're B-A-T-F-E crazy. Anyway, down on the southern border, they've arrested six individuals, six Irishmen down there on the southern border, have been arrested upon illegal receipt of possession of destructive devices that were not registered with the National Firearms Registration and Transfer Record, which, by the way, is patently unconstitutional, therefore illegal, and whoever wrote that is a traitor to the country. But uh, anyway, uh, those arrested, uh, like I say, a bunch bunch of good Irish uh, folk down there, uh, Celine Javier Montoya, Anthony Ozuna, Alfredo Rivera, Pedro Vega, and Noe Gonzalez, and Jonathan Sanchez Torres. Yeah, they were all arrested in Far, Texas, which is far, far away. And um, these guys are all between the ages of 19 and 24, except for Pedro Vega. Now, Pedro may have been the main man. He's 40. He's an old man. But uh, they say it was not a minor league operation. The complaint alleges that Ozuna and Rivera were attempting to broker the sale of hand grenades that they had built. And the two men allegedly were acting on the behalf of Montoya and Vega. And according to the charges, um, the uh, special agents conducted undercover operations, brought all of the hand grenades that Montoya and Vega had available. They bought them all. And uh, he was having a fire sale. Anyway, during this investigation, ATF and HSI special agents discovered Montoya and Vega had allegedly obtained the grenades from Gonzalez and Sanchez Torres. The complaint also alleges that for about six months, Gonzalez purchased from a combination of online merchants and local stores the components necessary to construct dozens of hand grenades. This included hand grenade hulls, spring kits, fuses, black powder. The assembled live grenades were then turned over to Torres to be distributed, according to the allegations. While the investigation was still in its early stages, it highlighted one problem that 
an absolute lack of border security has engendered, and that is the dramatic increase in the violence. The McAllen, Texas Monitor reported a similar case in the same area back in 09 when a man sold 180 grand grenades to an undercover officer that he believed was a member of the drug cartel. He said, we have no idea what the motivation of these men were, but one thing is for sure, Texas and other border states are far less safe than they were when the Obama administration began. And whether it's Mexican drug cartels or the criminals willing to supply them, the fact is the deliberate inattention Inattention to our border over the past eight years has been devastating, and it puts everybody in danger. And I think Donald Trump just ought to get on to building that wall, and a lot of this will go away. So maybe, you know, maybe maybe, uh, maybe there's going to be some hope out there when we we kind of we kind of look for it, we wish for it. We don't know that's actually going to happen, of course. So uh, getting back down to it, we got some uh, other stuff that I wanted to get to here. We talked about Rex Tellerson. I gave you one side of the aisle the other day, and now I'm going to give you the other side. This comes from the Family Research Council, Tony Perkins. Um, it's talking about Rex Tillerson, who has just been chosen as our new Secretary of State. He's an oil mogul, head of Exxon, um, big-time guy, and he's, uh, he's the guy. He's going to be the guy. Now, the left doesn't usually need a reason to oppose Trump's choices, because if it's a Trump choice, the left is automatically against it. That's just it, because I told you Donald Trump is more conservative than most of the Republican leadership. Uh, since the Exxon executive may be the greatest ally that liberals have in the cabinet for their abortion and LG or BLT agendas, this should be alarming to those of us who are conservatives who spent the last year watching this last eight years watching the State Department in horror because they've continued to lead a global parade for the slaughter of unborn children and the intimidation of nations with natural views of marriage and sexuality. I mean, fact is, no sooner than did uh, the uh, the Hillary take over the State Department in 2009 that the White House ordered her to use the agency as a club to beat other nations into submission on a sensitive culture issue that is a tradition that successor John Kerry has been all too eager to continue. Fortunately, John Kerry's about to be out of work, but is Rex Tillerson going to be better? So after two terms of exporting radical social policy, Americans could finally see the light at the end of the Obama administration black hole, uh, the tunnel. But then, I mentioned yesterday on the show, Rex Tillerson was a Boy Scout. Yeah, he was the head of the SA, Boy Scouts of America. Here's what I didn't know. Rex Tillerson led the charge to open up the Boy Scouts to homosexuals. You see, that's when I stepped out of the Boy Scouts, when they did that, because I said, I can't be a part of this. I mean, what does this mean exactly? Well, this means some guy shows up, I want to be a club master. I want to be a cub master. I want to be, I want to be in charge of all the pretty little boys so we can have parties and and we'll set up campfires and have them dancing around in their underwear. I mean, what could go wrong, right? Yeah, that's exactly what it meant. And 
I imagine that the uh, the press is doing its absolute level-headed best to suppress any stories of abuse that may may be going on. Thought I had another piece of information there. I don't. It's not related. But Rex Tillerson is the guy who led the charge, apparently, to get homos in the Boy Scouts. Family Research Council knows Tillerson all too well, having worked for years to put the brakes on his reckless agenda for the Boy Scout organization, which is already dealing with staggering numbers of sexual abuse cases. Unfortunately, the Boy Scouts of America under Tillerson caved to pressure from the far left, irreparably splitting the Scouts and destroying a proud and honorable tradition. Under his chairmanship, ExxonMobil's score on human rights campaigns, corporate equality index, has also skyrocketed to 87%. Still, Donald Trump calls Rex a world-class player and dealmaker. Well, indeed, he is a world-class player, apparently. If uh, they got an 87% rating with the BLTs, and for my new listeners... Uh, they keep adding these acronyms, G-O-B-L-T, X-Y-G, queer. I, I can't I can't keep up with them. So I just finally brought it down to some I could understand, which is BLTs. That would be bisexual, lesbians, and uh, sexually confused. Oh, some of you are thinking bacon, lettuce, and tomato. We can't be talking about that right now. It's almost 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And it's a good time for a bacon, lettuce, tomato sandwich. Extra mail, please. And when I make a BLT, let me tell you, it's something. A BLT should be about that thick. You know, a good solid four inches. It should have no less than three-quarters of a pound of bacon on it. I digress. Anyway, Rex Tillerson led the charge. And they give directly to planned infanticide at Exxon. This should bother you as well. But once again, the Republican leadership happens to love planned infanticide, and that's why they've gone out of their way to make sure that it remains safe and illegal. Well, it's not safe for everybody. And certainly we do have instances uh, right here in Houston where women have nearly died on the abortion table. Um, But anyway, unfortunately, the Boy Scouts of America under Rex Tillerson ultimately caved to the pressure and uh, brought in homosexuals as scout leaders. So um, this could be an issue. Meanwhile, Tillerson seems to have plenty of GOP opposition over his ties to something or rather someone else, and that is Russian President Vladimir Putin. I happen to see that as a good thing. Uh, He got the Medal of Friendship for crying out loud. That means these two guys can talk. And let's face it, if you want to stay out of a war, it would be good if you could talk. So um, I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Uh, But they do say Mr. Tillerson has known uh, Mr. Putin since he represented Exxon in Russia during the regime of Boris Yeltsin. We covered all that yesterday. No point going into it again today. But uh, the fact that uh, Rex Tillerson, uh, his Exxon, has been a heavy contributor to planet fantasy, and the fact that he was one of the guys that ushered in the homos into the Boy Scout uh, camp, well, I think that that is hard to overlook, and it's a real problem that, indeed, should be considered. And I haven't played any music today, so I'm going to play a little bit of this. King's X.
you like that a little bit of king's x action there king's x a fabulous band they uh, moved to houston in 1985 they made connections to star song records which just happens to be based here in houston i've recorded there before and uh, the first order of business for the three was to become part of the touring band for a, uh, a contemporary christian music artist morgan crier a lot of you guys have heard his stuff Tabor and Pinnaker credited for co-writing several songs on Cryer's second album, Fuel on the Fire, back in 1986, where Ty Tabor also performed some guitar on the album. Both he and Pinnock are credited with background vocals. That's because Doug Pinnock sings his butt off. However, when it came to signing sneak preview to recording contract with Starsong, negotiations broke down. The deal came to a halt. That's because most first contracts for new bands basically says, uh, look, here's the deal. We're going to give you guys a record contract. We want you to work for us for one or two years and make no money whatsoever, pay all your own expenses. In exchange for that, we'll promote your record. Well, all right, I'm probably, I'm probably making that sound a little worse than it actually is, but not much. Have you ever seen that Pink Floyd album, Wish You Were Here? There's a picture of two guys shaking hands, and one of them's on fire. 
That is the, uh, on the left, you have the executive from the record company, and on the right, you have the musician, and he's the one who's getting burned as he signs that contract. So anyway, while in Houston, they met a guy named Sam Taylor, though, and some of you guys may know that he's the vice president of ZZ Tosh Production Company. Taylor became quickly interested in the trio, convinced them to change their name to King's X, and he supported and nurtured their transition from radio-friendly rock originals to more experimental and complex songwriting. And Taylor would soon become the group's manager, producer, mentor, and according to some, the fourth member of the band. He's instrumental in helping the group secure a contract with Megaforce Records. So, uh, and under Megaforce, they, they introduced their first record, Out of the Silent Planet, back in 1988. And I played you some of that music uh, yesterday, the day before. Uh, we're going to play a little bit of uh, a little bit more King's X here as the show progresses. But uh, Tommy Attaway sent me this. It's entitled uh, "The Department of Education versus Ugly Reality" by Willis Eisenbach, and uh, he says over at the Washington Post, Chris Mooney and the usual suspects are seriously alarmed by a memo sent out by the transition team at the Department of Energy. They describe it in a breath in breathless terms in an article entitled Trump Transition Team for Energy Department Seeks Names of Employees Involved in Climate Meetings. The first part of this quote was from Michael Halperin. Michael Halperin, as you know, is the executive director of the Union of Concerned Scientists, Senators for Science and Democracy. Calls the memos demand that energy officials identify specific employees alarming. If the Trump administration is already singling out scientists for doing their, quote, jobs, unquote, that's, I'm adding that, the scientific community is right to be worried about what his administration will do in office. I mean, what's next? Trump administration officials holding up a list of known climatologists and urging the public to go after them, said Halperin. Well, that's typical liberal screaming. I mean, you know, crying in a whine. Wah! You know, I mean... You know, uh, you mean like, let's say attorney generals, let's say the attorneys general of a bunch of states holding up their list of known denier organizations and tacitly urging the public to go after them. Uh, a denier would be another word for infidel, that is someone who does not believe in the myth of, of uh, man-made climate change. Look, we all know the climate changes, but it's... You've got to believe that it's man's fault. You see, you have to believe that somehow man was involved even back during the Ice Age. Somehow you got to believe that, I guess. And if you're not a true believer, then you're a denier. You are worse than an infidel. So, uh, <clears throat> carries on. You know, uh, guys with sites like D Smog Blog making ugly insinuations and false statements about every known opponent of the climate party line like Roger Pilkey being hounded out of his job by the climate mob. Mr. Halpern, we have put up with just that treatment that you described for years. Let me suggest that you take your inchoate fears and do something useful with them. You can think fearfully about how you have treated your scientific opponents for the last decade, and you can hope and pray that they are like me, that they don't demand the same pound of flesh that you have demanded from them. In any case, the Post put up a copy of the memo in the most idiotic form ever. Ten separate individual pages, an image form with no searchable text, printed sideways. Thank you, guys. It's clear you only posted them because you 
have to. So, uh, anyway, we'll find out who that is on the, on the uh, newsmaker line here in a minute. So, uh, in any case, to save your neck or to keep from, or getting a crick in your neck from holding your head sideways while you try to relieve this or read this. So, uh, bear in mind that the Department of Energy has been a conduit for billions of dollars being wasted on propping up failed solar companies like Solyndra. It's been the friends of the Obama funding agency. Um, as a result, it's not the Augean stables, but it's close. Let's take a look at this already infamous 74-question memo, which we'll find two things. Just what is setting their hair on fire and whatever clues there are about future actions by the new administration. So, first of all, questions for the Department of Energy. This memo, you might expect, is replete with acronyms. DOE, of course, the Department of Energy. Here are the memo questions. Can you provide a list of all boards, councils, commissions, working groups, and FACAs, federal advisory committees, currently active at the department? And for each, can you please provide members' meeting schedules and authority, statutory or otherwise, under which they were created? And the gentleman says, if I were at the Department of Energy, this first question would indeed set my hair on fire. The easiest way to get rid of something is to show that it was not properly established. Boom, it's gone. As a businessman myself, this question shows me that the incoming people know their business and that the first order of business is to jettison any useless lumber. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's get, let's, while we're draining the swamp, let's get rid of the dead wood. Can you, prov- this is question number two, can you provide a complete list of ARPA-E projects? Critical information for the incoming team. Can you provide a list of loan program offices, outstanding loans, including parties responsible for paying the loan back, the term of the loan, and the objective of the loan? Can you provide a list of applications for loans that the uh, LPO has received and the status of these applications? Can you provide a full accounting of the Department of Energy liabilities associated with any loan or loan guarantee programs? And the department recently announced the issuance of $4.5 billion in loan guarantees for electric vehicles and perhaps associated infrastructure. Can you provide the status on this effort? And the author says here, oh, man, they're going for the jugular loan program office. If there is any place the files were gathered, trust me, it's going to be around the honey. And it's good to see that they're looking at loan guarantees for electric vehicles, $4.5 billion in that boondoggle that the government should not even be in. I call that program the Elon Musk Retirement Fund. Well, good for him. Folks, for $4.5 billion, we could provide clean water to almost half a million villages around the world, or we could put it on Elon Musk's bank account. (laughs) or on account of some other electric vehicle manufacturer. I know which one I'd vote for, and I am equally sure which one the poor of the world would prefer. The goal of the grid modernization effort, is there some terminal point to this effort? Is its genesis statutory, or is it something else? That's a good one. So you've, you've started this project. What is the goal? How do you know when you're done? What's the projected end date? Because if you start a project and it's open-ended and there is no stopping point, 
You got serious problems there. All right, guys, going to hit this break a little early. I'm going to take a couple of phone calls since my uh, in-studio producer is out today. I'll be right back on the Doc Green Show. Take it away, Frank. investment in protecting yourself and your family. You've purchased the gun, the ammunition, the training, and even secured a license to carry in your state. You know the Constitution and don't believe you should have to pay for a right that you already have, as written in the Second Amendment, but you are law-abiding. Now you are considering the legal defense options you should have if you ever have to use a firearm. Self-Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more, up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Discover selfdefensefund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. I'm Gary Wilcox with Pet Floors of Houston. We specialize in luxury vinyl tile installations for your home or your office. We sell a high-performance floor that is perfect for anyone who has dogs or cats or is trying to get a floor that just looks beautiful without nearly the maintenance that other floors have. It's a heavy-duty commercial PVC product. It looks like wood or stone or tile. This is a floor choice that you find major retailers have in their stores or intimate cafe or even your fast food restaurants. The adhesive that we use is waterproof. The product is waterproof, and so therefore, you can use a bleach water solution, clean it right up, and you're back to normal. It doesn't hold any odor, it's realistic, it's hygienic, it's affordable, and there's no click, click, click noise on it when you walk on this floor. It's just amazing. We've been in this house for about eight years, and we've had some hardwood floors down. And it was really one of those things where they were looking worn and need to be refinished, and we were really looking for an alternative. We found Gary with Pep Floors, and he came out and measured. The measurement process went very easily, and when it came to installation time, they came out here, did a fine job. The installers were great. The service has been great ever since. I love my new floors. They're great, extremely durable, and they just look beautiful. From a cleaning standpoint, from an overall care standpoint, you don't even have to think about what you're doing. There's no special care. It's, It's really nice. Actually, have a mobile showroom so I can come out to your home or offices at a time that's convenient for you and I can show you the samples that would look right in your home I can even help you make decisions and coach you through this it's not like I've done this one or two times but I've done it many many times so give me a phone call and I'm happy to come out there I do estimates for you right there on the spot and it's all free of charge that floor of Houston Floor.com. Deja Smoke Depot wishes you well. Locally owned and operated, we have all sorts of tobacco products. Come take advantage of our sale on vapor products up to 50% off. Thanks for listening to us on the Dot Green Show on ABRN, RER, Facebook, or YouTube. We are located at 1639 West Highway 290 in Fredericksburg. Like us on Facebook, Deja Smoke Depot in Fredericksburg, Texas. You've just defended yourself with a gun. You've been booked for manslaughter, but it was self-defense. 
you go to court, your bail is set at $100,000, but the legal defense you subscribe to doesn't cover that much. You still have legal jeopardy ahead, which would wind up costing even more money and time, and now you're beginning to really worry. Self-Defense Fund provides bail up to $100,000. We are a comprehensive litigation membership, backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more. Discover selfdefensefund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. So anyway, I'm looking at this, man. I'm thinking some of the stuff Tommy Attaway could have written. I mean, the way <laughs> the way it's worded, it's pretty comical, but absolutely a fact. I hope I I hope Rick Perry is going to be uh, following up up on some of this stuff. In some respects, it's where I wish that they had a businessman and not a politician involved in it. Because I've met Rick Perry and I shook his hand, and quite frankly, I'm afraid there's not much but air inside the shirt. But that's just me. I could be wrong. So anyway, uh, number seven, what is the goal of the grid modernization effort? We talked about that. And is there any point where this is over? Here's another one. See, this is a question I would never have thought to ask because I don't know that much about it. So whoever's writing all this stuff up is really thinking about it. Who owns mission innovation and clean energy ministerial efforts within the department? So who owns the Mission Innovation Department? Who's in charge of that? Who runs it? And the clean energy ministerial efforts within the department. The author of this piece from whatsupwiththat.com says, I love this question. Orphan departments are legendary in big bureaucracies. Nobody owns them, and they do whatever they want. In fact, my guess is in many cases they've got that office down the hall just off the broom closet. Nobody even knows anybody's in there. Uh, But uh, the author of this said, I don't predict a long future for this Mission Impossible clean energy effort under Donald Trump. What is the department's role with respect to the development of offshore wind? Given that offshore wind power is far and away the most expensive of all renewable options, the answer should be none. I'm not a big wind energy guy myself, period. Uh, Those things are noisy. I've taken pictures of them as I've driven through West Texas. I mean, they've got, you know, just hundreds of them out there lined up. And uh, they're just noisy. They're irritating. So I'm not a wind guy, okay? Though I am kind of windy on this show. But it's the most expensive of all renewable options. Since we have many other options, perhaps that one should be done away with. Is there an assessment of funds it would take to replace aging infrastructure in the complex is there a priority list of which facilities need to be decommissioned and where another critical question about the state of their own facilities here's a goodie which assistant secretary positions are rooted in statute and which exist at the discretion and delegation of the secretary of energy like i said these guys know how to plan what they're doing and what is to change the direction of the agency all discretionary assistant secretaries are probably sweating about now what is the statutory change to the department with respect to energy efficiency standards which projects are subject to statutory requirements and which are discretionary to the department same deal what can we get what can we get rid of where's the low-hanging fruit 
I suspect that this is about Obama's ludicrous cafe standards mandating 50-mile-per-hour average for all car manufacturers. Totally ridiculous goal, considering how much oil we have available. Rather spend that money on coming up with a comfier seat, personally. Something with better lumbar support. Anyway, number 13. Can you provide a list of all Department of Energy employees or contractors who have attended any interagency working groups? How about the social cost of carbon meetings? Anybody attended any meetings like that? Can you provide us with a list of when those meetings were? And we'd like to see the materials that were distributed at those meetings. And we'd like to see all emails associated with those meetings or materials created by department employees or contractors in anticipation of those meetings or as a result of those meetings. Now... This is the one that has the scientists most involved, I think. I think they know damn well they should be concerned because what they've been doing at all this time with this half of cost-benefit analysis, pet peeve of mine, the author says, you can't talk about costs in a vacuum. To do that without considering the accompanying benefits is scientific malfeasance. To do it as a policy matter is nothing less than deliberately lying to the public. Well, the government would never do that. As a result, I hope that everyone engaged in this anti-scientific effort gets identified, and if they cannot be fired for malfeasance, then put them to work doing something important, like sweeping floors. Talk about fake news. The so-called social cost of carbon is as fake as it comes. Question number 14. Did the Department of Energy or any of its contractors run the integrated assessment models, IAMS for short, did they pick the discount rate to be used with the integrated assessment modules? What was the Department of Energy's opinion on the proper discount rate used with the integrated assessment models? And what is the Department of Energy's opinion about the proper equilibrium climate sensitivity? That's a lot of words. Cut to the core. Let's people know the vague hand-waving is not going to suffice. These people want actual answers to hard questions, and they've definitely identified some critical points in the model. I, uh, I mean, Department of Energy's opinion on improper or on the proper equilibrium with client sensitivity. To me, the proper equilibrium on climate sensitivity is to ignore it. Climate has always been here. It uh, will always be here till the Lord Jesus Christ comes again, in which case it's going to vanish away in the twinkling of an eye, and there'll be nothing you, as a man, can do about it. What is the department's role with respect to the JCPOA? That would be the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action. Now, that sounds important. Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action. First of all, joint. That means they're doing it with somebody else. And comprehensive means it covers everything. It's comprehensive. And a plan of action. Well, it's about time we got down some action. In this case, however, it refers to the Iran nuclear deal. And it's an interesting question. What is the department's role with respect to the Iran nuclear deal? And which office has the lead for the National Nuclear Security Administration? Remember I mentioned earlier, we're talking about Perry. These uh, DOE also includes the Atomic Energy Commission to a certain degree. 
So, uh, yeah, what what is the deal we're going to be doing about this Iran deal, this horrible deal, which is, well, the whole plan of the Iran deal was to allow Iran to, to uh, build and develop an atomic capability so that they could take out Israel. That was the entire plan. That was what they, that was the goal. Uh, give these guys nuclear weapons, give them time to develop them, give them time to design a rocket that could accurately hit targets in Israel, and then let them go. Maybe in trouble with the Donald Trump in office. Critical in these times, can you provide a list of all Schedule C appointees, all non-career SES employees, and all presidential appointees requiring Senate confirmation? And can you include their current position and how long they've been sucking up uh, the public dollar here? Well, here's the deal. It's impossible to fire government workers unless they held up a bank and were caught in the act. And if they're Democrats, that is a resume enhancement, not a reason to fire them. And you'd have to have a full-color video to make it stick. And even then, if the audio wasn't quite right, if it wasn't Adobe Surround, that may not be enough either. Public employee unions are going around among the world's stupidest and most destructive ideas. The government unions use their plentiful funds to affect the next election so that people who can set their own pay grade will continue to be able to do so. Yeah, that'll go great. But if you can get rid of their position, then you're not firing them. You just don't have to have any further work for them. If they're a contractor, you're simply, uh, hey, man, I got another for you guys this week. In fact, I got another for you next month. In fact, doesn't it look like we're going to have anything for you next year? But I'll let you know as soon as something comes up. So meanwhile, they're trying to figure out who they can cut, and hair is catching on fire everywhere on this one. Next question. Can you offer more information about the EV Everywhere Grand Challenge? Never heard of that? Well, I haven't either. This just shows that the memo makers did their homework. Turns out that the EV Everywhere Grand Challenge is another clumsy attempt to get electric vehicles everywhere, regardless of the fact the public mostly doesn't want electric vehicles anywhere. <laughs> because if they did, the Department of Energy wouldn't be subsidizing electric vehicles because the market alone would support it. There'd be demand. There'd be people out there now saying, I want my new electric car for Christmas. And I want it in red. Hmm. Can you provide a list of department employees or contractors who have attended the Conference of the Parties under UNFCCC in the last five years? The IPCC Conference of Parties is much more party than conference. <laughs> it's basically an excuse to go to a party in some lovely location, you know, like Bali or Cancun with the party occasionally interrupted by one of those pesky conferences where you show up and listen to some guy drone on for about an hour about something that has no meaning to anyone, and then you go back to partying. It's a meaningless exercise when it ends up with many all-night sessions, most likely involving prostitutes, and finishes by announcing that everyone has signed on to the latest non-binding fantasy about how to end the use of fossil fuels while eating more lobster and drinking more champagne, driving up energy prices, and screwing the poor, especially the poor prostitutes. And yes, if I were appointed to run the Department of Energy, I would definitely want to know who has been on one of these useless junkets. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And now I know that people 
Now I know people are going to complain about scientific freedom regarding the memo asking who worked on that. But if you don't want to tell the incoming team what you've worked on, why not? Are you ashamed of what you've done? Look, every job I've had, if a new boss came in, the first thing they want to know is what I've been working on. And I usually just answer them honestly. Well, scientists should be no different. Now, if your boss comes in and wants to know what you've been working on, and what you've been working on is Internet porn, well, you'd probably better not answer that question, or you better come up with something else. Can you provide a list of reports to Congress or other external parties that are due in 2017? We need to know all the reports that are due. And again, the critical question you ask when you take over an organization is what deliverables is it contracted to produce? Well, what most government organizations produce is paper with printed words on them. That's pretty much the extent of it. Now, this section of the EP Act, can you provide a copy of any participation agreement under Section 1221 of the EP Act signed by the department? This section of the EP Act allows three or more contiguous states to establish regional transmission siting agencies. Not sure why they've asked this, but it does add to their knowledge about the projected vague transmission grid actions, which appear that it could be a big drain on your money. A forgotten task at DOE, I'm sure. Um, what mechanisms exist to help the national laboratories commercialize their scientific and technical prowess? In other words, if you've actually developed anything of value... Uh, who's handling it? What mechanisms do you have to make that commercially available so uh, we can defray some of our expenses here? Here's a good one. How many fusion programs, public and private, are currently being funded worldwide? Hmm. Looking for duplication of activities. If somebody else is doing it, do we need to be doing it? Do we do it better than they do it? Maybe they should not be allowed to do it, and we will do it, or vice versa. But if it's taking tax dollars, somebody should be asking these questions. i got to tell you, I'm amazed at this list. I don't know who prepared this actual list, but it's great. Which activities does the department describe as commercialization programs or programs with the specific purpose of developing a technology to be marketed? Incoming administrations, if they're smart, once again, look for low-hanging fruit. In this case, if there are commercial programs near completion, let's fast-track those to provide evidence that the new administration is on the job and bringing in a little income. Because by and large, government doesn't produce anything. That's the hard, hard part for most people to get their heads around. Government really doesn't produce anything. Can the department delineate research activities as either basic or applied research? Well, this is a critical distinction and one that they probably have never made. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Can you provide a list of all permitting authorities and their authorizing statutes currently held by the Department of Education or their authorizing statutes? Well, permitting is a big deal. Permit issuing is a big deal. And, of course, uh, the, the Obama administration quit issuing permits for drilling in the Gulf in violation of a court order. Uh, again, the local denizens are not going to like this much. 
Uh, more hair will spontaneously ignite part of any bureaucracy prides itself on its power to stop people from doing things. In other words, they demand a permit for an action, and then they can refuse to issue it. And this is not just for the permitting authorities. Once again, for their authorizing statutes, again, the easiest way to get rid of something is simply show it's built without an authorization. So there you have that. Is there a readily available list of any technologies or products that have emerged from the programs or the labs that are currently offered in the market without any subsidies? Quite possibly not, but if so, it would be an interesting list. They want to know anything out there that's happened that was good for energy but was not subsidized by the government. <laughs> Are there statutory restrictions relating to reinvigorating the Office of Civilian Radioactive Waste Management? Are there any statutory restrictions to restarting the Yucca Mountain Project? These two questions show us that they plan to restart Yucca Mountain, the shuttered nuclear waste repository, because that was shut down, once again, to satisfy the liberals. Which programs within the Department of Energy are essential to meeting the goals of President Obama's climate action plan? <laughs> because you can kiss them goodbye. <laughs> oh, yes. If the Department of Energy's top-line budget in accounts other than the 050 account were required to be reduced by 10% over the next four fiscal years, that is for fiscal year 17, request starting in fiscal year 18, does the department have any recommendations as to where those reductions should be made? This is brilliant. It's like my gorgeous ex-fiance regarding color. She asked me what color I like so she can cross it off the list of possibilities. <laughs> so rightly... So, given my color sense, this strikes me as the same deal. A new administration asked where the current denizens would cut 10% if they were told to. And then they might want to cut somewhere else. It's useful information either way. Does the department have any thoughts about how to reduce the bureaucratic burden for exporting U.S. energy technology, including, but not limited to, commercial nuclear technology? I think we're heading back for nukes, guys. I'm kind of for it, though there are issues. I've talked about them here on the show, but I'm not going to go into that today. Anyway, likely not, but it is worth asking if the Department of Energy has any thoughts on how to reduce the bureaucratic burden. Number 33, is the number of assistant secretaries set by statute... Does the statute establish the number as a minimum or a maximum, or is it silent on the question? All right, at this point, the assistant secretaries are now on DEFCON 1, or even 0 .5, 0.5, because their hair is totally engulfed in flames. Can you provide a list of all current job opening and postings, the status and the status of those postings? Can you provide a list of outstanding M&O contracts yet to be rewarded at DOE facilities. And can you provide a list of non-M&O uh, procurements awards that are currently pending and their status? M&O is maintenance and operation contracts. Can you give us a list of maintenance and operation procurements and awards that are currently pending and what their status is? Open jobs. 
Find out exactly what the current state of play is. They will also allow incoming folks to see what the last-minute hires they've tried to jam through were before the changeover. Because believe me, Barack Obama right now is doing his level-headed best to leave enough landmines and hand grenades in place to blow up the next administration. He's, uh, you know, he's staying up uh, all night. At least he's got his people staying up all night to do it. Number 37, does the Department of Energy plan to resume the Yucca Mountain license proceedings? They may have shelved the previous plans. We don't know. We'd like to find out. So they're asking, what should the incoming administration do to balance risk and performance and ultimately ensure completion in contracting? Number 40, what should this administration do differently to make sure there are the right incentives to attract qualified contractors? I can tell you right now, When I get a form like this, I don't even want to fill it out. This is too much like work. Number 41, what is the plan for funding cleanup of Portsmouth and Paducah and the current uranium inventory designated for barter there? (laughs) Once again, we're getting back into the weeds, proving that uh, these guys have done their homework. got to break this up.
just defended yourself with a gun. There were multiple assailants and you were really concerned about your legal jeopardy and the resulting media coverage. Was deadly force justified? In your town, the politics of self-defense is not favorable, but at least you're alive and your family is protected. Fortunately, you have Self-Defense Fund, a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more. Up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney cost per member. Discover selfdefensefund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. Maintaining your home air conditioner is just as important as maintenance on your car. You don't know the big difference there's going to be until you've had the work done. I thought my system was working fine, but now it's better than ever. Galen Beatty did it for me, and he'll do it for you. Good servicing will not only keep your system performing well during the sweltering summers here in Houston, but it will save you money year after year. In my case, it cut my AC power consumption by 20%. Do what I did. Have Galen Beatty set up regular AC maintenance to cut your energy bill and prevent system failure at the worst time. And what's better than being comfortable and saving money? Whether you need a basic tune-up or it's time to put in a new super-efficient system, you should call BDAC, 281-222-9591. That's 281-222-9591 to schedule an AC system tune-up. BDAC and Heat. That's B-E-E-D-E-A-C and Heat.com. BDAC and Heat.com. Tejas Smoke Depot wishes you well. Locally owned and operated, we have all sorts of tobacco products. Come take advantage of our sale on vapor products up to 50% off. Thanks for listening to us on the Dot Green Show on ABRN, RER, Facebook, or YouTube. We are located at 1639 West Highway 290 in Fredericksburg. Like us on Facebook, Tejas Smoke Depot in Fredericksburg, Texas. Here's an important message from Vita Scientific. If you have high blood sugar or type 2 diabetes, these are serious medical issues that require immediate attention. Did you know that it's possible to actually reverse high blood sugar and diabetes by using simple, natural products proven to balance your blood sugar? It's time to do what I did. Take control of your life. Vita Scientific's clinically tested formula will help you to feel healthy and energetic. These breakthrough supplements along with small changes in your diet and exercise plan, may be the answer you've been looking for to set you on the path to optimal health. These products will not interfere with your current medical treatments, so start getting excited about feeling great again. Please visit VitaScientific.com or call Vita Scientific at 210-520-8432. That's 210-520-8432 to learn more. Tell them Doc Green sent you and get 50% off your first order. Call now. TV and radio are great mediums for mass instruction, but for those times when you just want to hold something in your hands, there is the damn good times. I still love the newspaper, but I'm tired of the liberal bias. That's why I reach for the damn good times. Always full of interesting stories and great information, and you can have it delivered to your doorstep by calling 281-332-5710 or sending an email to news at thedamngoodtimes.com. Just $50 a year will get a full subscription. It's a great gift for all the patriots you know. Do now. The doctor is in. 
Well, the doctor is in, and appreciate you guys sticking around for the second half of the show, playing a little music by King's X today. I hope you guys appreciate the technical expertise of this band. I, I, I just think they're absolutely fabulously amazing. And it uh, looks like uh, Lisa says, I got a new nephew for Christmas. So, hey, there's good news. Congratulations. We are so happy for you. And uh, we've got uh, other new listeners out there. Let's see if I can find this one here. Oh, yeah, there we are. Annette. Annette Kaka. And, uh, or Coca. I don't know how you pronounce that. But uh, she's a conservative social media activist. She does voiceover. She's listening on vacation out in Cocoa Beach. Um, having more fun probably than a lot of us are today. So uh, we wish you all the best, Annette. So I uh, wanted to get to another story here. I thought this was kind of interesting. Sorry if I got too down on the weeds with all those questions, but quite frankly, they are fascinating me, and there are more. I'm, I'm just going to leave off of it, though, and go to something else entirely that I think that you guys will uh, will find interesting as well. Uh, Cocoa Beach is where Jeannie lives. <laughs> well, how about that? So uh, there we are down at Cocoa Beach. I don't know. It sounds like a wonderful place to live, if you ask me. But um, the uh, trying to find this other story. I had it up here a minute ago. Stuff comes, stuff goes. Here it is. Story of Conrad Ruiz. Ruiz said his life flew by in months, not days. He started using methamphetamine back when he was 30. After his world morphed into a living or more from living with a partner and a child to a party lifestyle. Then he started using, and then he started dealing. Then dealing turned into transporting drugs in from Mexico. While he was high on drugs, money, and danger, his life sped by. He said, for me, it wasn't Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. For me, it was like January, February, March. That's how fast things went by for me. He's speaking from a meeting room at Charlie's Place, a converted hotel in Corpus Christi that serves the drug treatment center. Eventually, he was caught with counterfeit money, and he was sent to federal prison for 15 months. He got clean on the inside, but at the end of his sentence, they sent him on his way with nothing more than a tip. Uh, Go to AA meetings. Well, he soon fell back into his own life, as most uh, convicted felons do, and was picked up on a possession charge in New Aces County back in 2016. But instead of being sent back to prison for violating his probation, they offered him a chance to undergo drug treatment. He didn't even know that option existed. So, uh, oh, Annette Coca. Okay, thank you. Annette Coca. Appreciate you listening. He said, I was scared because I didn't have any idea what to expect when I came here. But this opened a whole new door, a whole new way of thinking. A political shift is underway uh, in the United States and here in Texas on the best way to deal with drug addicts like Ruiz. The once prevalent zero-tolerance-just-thrown-in-prison approach is softening as the growing number of Republicans and Democrats call for treating addiction as a disease as opposed to as a crime, keeping in mind that if you're sick and you commit a crime— you still have committed the crime. We should not lose sight of that. This sentiment was reinforced in November when uh, U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy, hey, I'm 
good to know who the guy was. I didn't even know who he was. Uh, I I thought it was still, uh, I don't know, come to me in a minute. U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy released his first report on addiction in the United States, calling the substance use disorders as one of the most pressing public health crises of our time. And he is right about that. It's a super big problem. And I want you to know it reaches into the highest levels. And there are people with drug addictions living in multi-million dollar houses. Anyway, Texas elected officials and its legislature has continued to place more emphasis on border security than on drug treatment. Now, that's sad because uh, here in Texas, we spend half of 1%, a little less than half of 1% of our entire budget on border security. That means we're spending probably maybe a little less than half of that on drug treatment. And so it's practical. We're spending nothing then, uh, basically, is what they're saying. Uh, working to cut off the supply. Yes, heroin, heroin use right now is epidemic from coast to coast. So uh, Texas elected officials need to look at this, and we, we'll see what happens this coming ledge, because, you know, we only meet every two years here, and it's starting on January the 17th of this year. Wow, I'm going to be busy in January, because January the 12th and 13th, we're going to the Tejas Smoke Depot. Yes, we are. Going to be at Teos Smoke Depot for the 12th and 13th. That's a Thursday and Friday. We're going to do the show live, and you can join us in the studio audience if you happen to be up in Fredericksburg. And then the week after that, I'm going to be up in Austin for the opening day and hopefully spend a couple of days knocking on doors and uh, talking to these guys. Anyway, the theory is if we can reduce demand in the United States, then supply will not be that much of an issue, says William Kelly, founding director of the Center for Criminology and Criminal Justice Research at the University of Texas. You can't even come close to beginning to turn off the spigot. Let's quit pretending that we are. Well, can't argue that. And legalization does not solve that problem. Legalization solves a problem, but it doesn't solve that problem. In 2015, Texas lawmakers ponied up a paltry $800 million for border security, less than half of 1%. That's for boots, guns, cars, troopers on the ground. But they set aside $90 million for voluntary drug services, although the treatment pool is boosted by federal dollars. Of course, where do they get federal dollars? Well, they get them from Texas. Uh, it doesn't matter what state you're in. Chances are a portion of the federal dollars you get in whatever state you're in. That would be Nevada, California, Wisconsin, to name a few. Well, a good portion of that's coming from Texas because that's our job in Texas is to support the United States of America as they continue their wasteful spending habits. So of an estimated 1.6 million adult Texans with substance abuse problems here in Texas, 700,000 of them qualify for state-funded care based on financial need, according to the Department of Health and Human Services here in Texas. But only 6% of the ones who qualify are actually getting any treatment. Wait times for those wanting help averages about two weeks and sometimes stretches into months. About half of those who enter the voluntary treatment program enter or actually complete the program. See, that's the other problem. You get in, and then you stay in, and you do it. I can tell you, during my years of doing street ministry, ran into a lot of people with problems. And I recall one January in the freezing weather, we were out there with our live band playing in front of the Alamo in San Antonio. And uh, we had a lot of homeless people come up to enjoy the music. 
And when we got done, we said, hey, you guys, if you don't want to be on the street anymore, we got someplace we can take you. It's going to be Victory Outreach, a fine Christian ministry. We'll take you there. Uh, they'll give you a warm, clean bed to sleep in. They'll give you clean clothes. They'll teach you how to do uh, a job, and they'll find a job for you. But if you go in there and you got a drug problem, or you got an alcohol problem, or you got a, a cigarette problem, uh, well, you're going to have to quit those things. That's the only thing we ask in exchange for taking you off the street. And you'd be amazed almost nobody was willing to go in under those terms. You see, they knew they had a problem living on the street, freezing their butts off. But the uh, the problem was all the strings attached. I mean, what, I got to go to church? I got to read the Bible? I don't think I want to do that. Frank said, well, the problem is the U.S. owns all of the spigots. <laughs> 93% of all the opium in the world comes out of Afghanistan, and our military is over there protecting the poppy fields. There's some truth to that. I happen to know a guy in the DEA, and one of his jobs was to make sure that none of that uh, drug business got over here. They stopped an entire ship full of opium one time from coming, or full of heroin in this case, from coming to the United States because they stopped it over there. But there's a lot of political problems over there because it turns out that the uh, one of the guy organizing that particular drug, drug shipment was actually the son of one of the big political leaders. And I'll just leave it at that. So you can see why that could have been an issue. So, uh, and the question was asked, do I know Maggie Wright? Well, I know Maggie Wright sort of. I don't think I'm on her buddy list per se, but I do know the name and I, I know who she is and what she does. So, uh, yeah, sort of. There you go. Anyway, though the treatment is not always successful, the data suggests that those offered the services have a lower chance of ending up back in prison. For convicts entered into the uh, Texas Department of uh, Corrective Justice drug program, uh, the chance of being reincarcerated in three years is 20%. Similar inmates who didn't go through the program had almost double that. So there is a cost benefit when treatment is successful as well, according to Murthy, the Surgeon General. His uh, addiction report cited studies indicating that for every dollar spent on substance abuse disorder, $11 saved in health care and criminal justice. But in Texas, treatment is not the norm. Most people caught with drugs still end up cycling through the... Uh, through the regular jail and prison system. The Texas Department of Public Safety reported more than 117,000 people arrested on drug possession charges in 2015. And in September, almost 9,000 more whose only offense was possession sat in prisons or state jails with no treatment. And every day, thousands of addicts that sit in, in prison, Texas troopers patrol the southern border looking for drugs and, drugs and people like Ruiz Prowl the street with the same objective. Good point, well taken. And then they've got a picture here of uh, Megan Sheely at the Santa Maria Hostel and Women's Recovery House providing services for alcohol and drug abuse. Texas has more prisoners than any other state and has the fourth highest imprisonment rate in the country, according to the Bureau of Criminal Justice. Well, we are the fourth largest state. 
So that would make sense. That's all in line, nothing unusual there. But often those with substance abuse problems end up being recycled through the justice system and sent to jail after they're nabbed with drugs, and then they're released into the same environment they came out of, and Megan Sheely was one of those people. During an eight-year span, she faced uh, charges 11 times right here in Houston for prostitution and drug possession. She said, each time I would go to jail, I would stay clean while I was in jail. I mean, I wanted to stay clean when I got out, but I just didn't have any resources or tools. All of my friends were in the business, and so I ended up going back to what I knew, and that was the street. It's a vicious cycle, you know. At the age of 25, she was pregnant for the sixth time, having just been arrested again on a prostitution charge, only nine days after she was released from a seven-month stint in state jail. She said, look, it was a regular part of my life. And, but this time, instead of sending her off for more jail, her lawyer asked if she wanted help with her drug addiction. And she said, for the first time I was offered help, I accepted it. It changed my life, and they introduced me to recovery. And Frank asked the question, well, I wonder why they can't segregate a portion of the prisons for drug treatment. Well, I, I would ask you the same question. Here's the other thing I don't understand is the ministry aspect of this, because when I was doing Christian ministry, music ministry, uh, we used to go to places like uh, the boys' home up there in uh, Giddings. We'd play music, minister to these guys. But it's really difficult now to get in the prison system and do real ministry. The Lord Jesus Christ has the best answer to this. I recall one heroin addict that, uh, that got the Holy Ghost at one of our events back in the day, this back in the 80s, and he said, man, this is what I was taking drugs for, to feel this. Because for him, getting filled with the Holy Ghost was the equivalent of a drug high. Well, indeed it is. It will change your life if you've never experienced it. I strongly encourage you to read Acts 2, 37 through 38. And do it. Of course, you've got to go to a place where they believe the Bible. And that's getting harder and harder to find because a lot of the churches out there don't believe the Bible anymore. And I'm starting to wonder if maybe Rex Tillerson went to one of those churches. Uh, but nonetheless, it's a fact, and it changes everything. It makes a difference. It makes a real difference. What you've got to do is you've got to put something in these guys' lives to replace what they're looking for with the drugs. A lot of these people come out of really bad family situations. They need something. Megan Sheely's an attractive young lady. That could explain why she ended up in prostitution, but nonetheless, it shouldn't happen. And Jesus makes the difference. I hate to preach to you guys, but sometimes I have no choice. I've got to bring these things out. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Frank says, look, it's kind of tough to minister when you're not even allowed to say the name Jesus Christ. Even a Christ. Yeah, I'm hip to that. I'm going to talk about that at, uh, on an upcoming show. But, I mean, we got a high school principal here that took down a Charlie Brown, Chris, Charlie Brown Christmas poster because it had a scripture on it right here in Texas. Insanity and inanity. Anyway, uh, Miss Sheely's uh, lawyer got her into the Star Drug Court program, about 50 adult drug courts throughout the state that uh, work with that, and they put repeat but nonviolent drug offenders through the mandatory treatment program instead of sending them to a regular jail. 
Those who qualify and volunteer to participate, like Sheely, are assigned an individualized treatment plan, which usually lasts 8 to 12 months, where they learn about addiction and learn about living with drugs. It's prohibition. Excuse me, it's probation, but it's very structured and it's very intensely supervised. Well, you got to have that because you need the peer pressure and you need the reinforcement. That's why uh, when I decide to go on a diet plan, I got to make sure I'm answerable to somebody. I got to have a weigh in once a week, otherwise, I don't lose weight. It's just the way I am. So, uh, yes, Annette Coco, we do need to get God back in this country, and I'm hoping it's going to happen. Uh, She said she struggled at first. She'd been using drugs and engaging in prostitution since she was 12 years old. It's all she knew. She relapsed twice, but her recovery coaches at the treatment center went to court and advocated to send her back to treatment instead of jail. In November, four months after beginning the program, she successfully completed it. She's now been clean for more than a year. And uh, I'm going to see if I can get some audio on this, too, because... I'm uh, Megan Sheely, and I'm 30 years old. I started prostituting and doing drugs when I was about 12 years old. I was in and out of the system. I was on the streets or in CPS custody. And uh, this continued till I was 17, and I aged out of foster care. And I was homeless on the streets. Did you hear about the foster care part? I'm telling you, I have listened to CPS testimony. These children that are in Child Protective Services, stories that were cruel to your hair. And I had some of that stuff that was given to me, and it was so bad I could not play it on the radio because, quite frankly, I couldn't listen to it without weeping. That's how bad it was. This woman, Megan Sheely, came out of foster care, Texas CPS. Prostituting and doing drugs in and out of the criminal justice system in and out of prison. When I was 18, I had my first child. I was living in a crack house, basically, and the ambulance came and got me, and I had my first child, and uh, he was born addicted, and CPS came, and I asked them how I could get help, you know. I wanted to get my baby back, and he told me I would have to figure that out by myself. So I didn't know nothing about recovery back then or that there was any kind of resources for me. I was really just clueless in the dark. So I went back to what I knew, which was prostitution, the streets, and drugs. Well, I went to prison for the second time for my, I think it was my fifth prostitution, and I did seven months, and I got out. And I was out for nine days, and I got arrested again for prostitution. Then a miracle happened. My lawyer, you know, I think it was my third time going to court, he said, well, do you want help? And I was like, yes, yes, I want help. And he said, well, I'm going to try to get you in a star drug court. So I went there from uh, jail, and I stayed there for about... I guess eight or nine months, I had a healthy baby boy, and um, yeah, it was a, you know, amazing experience. I was introduced to recovery. They gave me something that nobody had ever given me, which was hope that, you know, there was a different way to live. 
And there you have it, guys. I'm telling you, uh, that's that's a heart-wrenching story. She's now working at a cafe uh, in uh, Herman Park here in Houston. She just moved out of a long-term treatment home for women into her own apartment. She has lost the rights to parent five of her six children, but she hopes to at least get her three-year-old boy back, the one she was pregnant with when she first entered STAR. Studies have shown that drug courts, which are mandatory for all Texas counties with a population of over 200, have considerably lower recidivism rates, but there are limited openings. And in Harris County, about 6,000 adults every year face nonviolent drug charges. Only about 250 people are going to go through star this year according to covington he said we know that for the number of people we have in the justice system there are never going to be enough drug courts to adequately serve all of that population unfortunately it's still driven by the funding one thing is clear as long as there's a profit potential drug cartels are going to find a way to transport drugs over the border and while there's growing agreement that the treatment is a viable option for drug abusers, debate still rages over whether the state should prioritize Texans getting off drugs or cutting the flow. Well, both of those have to happen, in my humble opinion. We have to build the wall. We have to stop drugs coming in. I personally, I stand on the side of legalizing uh, marijuana at the very least, because I see that it is not working, just like prohibition didn't work. I've never used marijuana. I don't ever intend to use marijuana. But nonetheless, I would like to knock that leg out from under uh, the drug cartels. So, uh, yeah, Frank said there's limited openings, but they got plenty of room in prison. Well, unfortunately, as long as prisons are a money-making operation, that's going to be a problem, too. But I believe that we got to solve both problems. We got to cut the flow. We got to legalize, uh, at, at least decriminalize marijuana, and we've got to get treatment for these people. And we've got to legalize the name of Jesus. We need to get to the point where it is not a crime to speak the name of Jesus and to get these people off of drugs. And I encourage all of you. Once again, I'm serious about it. Go to the Book of Acts otherwise known as uh, Second Luke, written by Dr. Luke, the Greek physician, back in about uh, uh, around 19, excuse me, around 60 A.D. was when it was written. And uh, read out of the first sermon ever preached in the Christian church in the book of Acts, chapter 2, starting at verse 37, and read that because the question was asked, what must we do to be saved then? And Peter, along with the eleven, standing up and saying, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of your sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I strongly recommend that everyone, particularly uh, these, these drug users and abusers, get that Holy Ghost experience, that upper room experience. It will change your life. It will give you something to live for. I know so many people that have gotten off of drugs, and that's how they did it, and I don't have any other answers. So, uh, yeah, Frank said, well, even the Alcoholics Anonymous and uh, Al-Anon, and, and uh, you know, they've all taken Jesus out of their programs, replaced it with your higher power, and a tip of the hat to Islam. But remember, the God of Islam is not a God at all. It's a created being. It's an archangel. His name is Lucifer one of only three archangels that we know of, according to Scripture. 
We need these kids and these young adults need Jesus. I happen to know of a guy who was a heroin addict. His wife was a prostitute. And both of them got the Holy Ghost and they got clean. And they started Victory Outreach in San Antonio, Texas. Victory Outreach has changed the world for tens of thousands of people over the last 30 years. And it's 40 years now, I guess. It's here in Houston. They do a great job because they, they replace the drug with the real thing, the true and living God. And this is something that has to happen here. So this story, there's a lot more to it. I'm not going to get to it all today. In fact, uh, I want to play some more music before I get out of here today. But uh, I hope you guys will uh, hope you guys will take this to heart. One more King's X tune before we get out of here today on the Amazing Doc Green Show. Wait till tomorrow, boy. Strap in for tomorrow. We will not be on Facebook tomorrow, so you're going to have to go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com to check out the show. AmericanVoiceRadio.com.
The political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. And I'm here with my co-host, Alfred Addis, to bring you our opinion and commentary on today's economic and political events. And today is December 13th, 2016. It is Tuesday. Greg Hunter will be joining us here in just a few moments. But first, I want to say hello to Alfred. Hello, Melody. And... Gold. You know, gold was up. Gold is always up coming into our markets, but once it hits our markets, 
they know how to whack it and to keep it from going any higher. And, of course, everybody is waiting for tomorrow. We might see some negative moves in gold tomorrow. But, again, um, we're still up $100 from a year ago. So uh, gold really hasn't uh, certainly was much higher. But uh, we'll see what happens after they come out with the announcement of the, the rate increase, Janet Yellen, tomorrow. But right now, gold is down 3.30. 3.30 for gold at 11.59.60. Silver was down 18 cents, broke through that 17 at 16.98. You have platinum up three at $938, and you have palladium also up seven at 732. The USDX today was up 0.12 at 101.05, and crude oil today was down 0.01 at 52.82. And the paper markets today, I'm not sure if we have, nope, I guess he's not on yet, Greg, Greg Hunter. I was just checking to see if he was on yet because I've heard uh, a little bit of uh, background noises, and I didn't know if that was Greg. But um, paper markets today were up strong, triple digits to the upside. And you have the Dow up 114 points today, although it's off its big eyes on the day, 19,910. The NASDAQ was up 51 points at 5,463, and the S&P was up 14, 2,271. Ten-year yield holding 2.48%, euro 106. And um, just all eyes are focused on uh, the Trump rally. And there is a lot of, we'll discuss this later on in the week uh, after uh, the interview today with Greg Hunter, Al, but um, interesting appointments uh, that that we're seeing uh, for the Trump um, administration. Um, You know, you can take them as positive, you can take them as negative. Uh, I think we'll just have to wait and see um, where they actually do fall in the future. You know what I think might be happening here with these? Uh, I mean, this is a long shot and just, just a peculiar idea that struck me. When I saw the appointed Rick Perry to the... Yeah. What? Energy. Energy. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm wondering, is he appointing Rick Perry to the energy? Is that what this is? Or is he appointing Rick Perry to be his front man for Texas in the 2020 election? Is he putting his candidates? Is he putting his cabinet together right now, with an eye to laying a foundation for running for for running for re-election in twenty? I don't think so. He didn't need he didn't need Perry for this election. I don't he didn't need him for Secretary him. of the Energy either. I mean, yeah, he no. might as well appoint no, George I, I, no. Bush. No, I do think energy is very important, and I think I that's agree why the secretary. But I'm not sure Perry's up to the job. Well. He may no, be a good he, politician, but he doesn't strike me as a master of... Uh, yeah, but you have to look at the amount of oil. Like, you no, know, and, and with Texas, Texas is a lot of energy down And that's, that's the connection. Yeah, you know, I don't think it has anything to do probably, with it. Probably so, but still, I just can't help wondering. Nah. He if does, you look at does. the political, and how these guys were Trump, dispersed, he's laying a foundation for 2020. I don't think Trump will run for another four years. I think this is going to be a four-year term for Mr. Trump. Not to say that he, because he's going to do a bad job, he won't want it. I, I think this is going to be a four-year term for him. And, and then uh, turn it over to Ivanka? 
Um, I don't think it would be Ivanka. I, I, I don't think she, um, I don't know if she can be president, but. Uh, um, She's got a birth certificate. Well, she does, but she's... Even if she didn't, she could make one. Obama did. Yeah, but I don't know how her... I'm just joking about Ivanka. I'm, I'm not oh, serious about that exactly, faith, but nothing would surprise me. I don't know how her faith would allow her you know, to be, but um, what, what I thought was interesting is Kissinger. I saw a comment from Kissinger. We know he's already seen Mr. Trump three times in the past year, twice since he's been elected, and, and I think once prior to. I believe, and um, he he does say, "Hey, give give Trump a chance." Um, but um, well, you know, say, <laughs> give Trump a but chance. But he says something here about Trump uh, about give him a chance to uh, do his own world. Give Trump's world order a chance. And, you know, it, it kind of disturbed me of how he phrased that, give Trump's world order a chance. Um, so, I don't know. Um, we'll see. And I think we also see that Greg Hunter is on the line now from USAWatchdog.com. Good afternoon, how you doing? Mr. Hunter. Oh, Greg. Good to see you. Straight- good, to, good to talk to you. How you guys doing? Can't complain? Nope. Do you take complaints? I get a lot complaints? of complaints. <laughs> I get a lot of complaints, <laughs> complaints, but, you know, I don't know. Uh, I uh, I don't get that many, really. I get some, you know. But, uh, you know, uh, you know so we live in interesting times, don't we? Oh, absolutely, yeah. and they're getting, and they're accelerating. Not just interesting, but accelerating. I mean, it's going faster and faster and faster. It's all you can do to hang on and try to understand what's happening because you can't rely on presumptions and premises you had just a couple of months ago. No. Nope. You can't depend on them right now. You don't know for a fact that this is – it was gospel back 60 days ago. Right now, maybe not. We'll watch and see. Well, the mainstream media is completely – you know, they, they are doubling down on the uh, outrageous um, – uh, lies and fake news that they created. I mean, they created, a, tried to create a fake nar- narrative. Remember, you know, 100 newspapers, Hillary's in, he's in, we're, we're endorsing her and all the, what, 25 or six times, according to, I think Breitbart said, that, oh, Hillary, there's no way Trump can win. A total false narrative. And, and then you hear, you know, I can't even, I can't even believe this because, you know, what I don't like about the mainstream press, they never criticize one another. They, they don't often criticize one another. And when I hear this, how did they get it so wrong? Because they meant to. Yeah. It was a psyop. What's the difference between fake news and propaganda? They're the same, and I'm, I'm telling you, the mainstream press uh, the, is propaganda. Let me. Uh, I did this on my um, on my site. I looked up the uh, I don't know Merriam-Webster's definition of uh, uh, information, especially of a biased or misleading nature. You think the MSM did that? Used to promote a publicized or a particular political cause or point of view. Do you think the mainstream media did that? That's the definition of propaganda. And now you have the, uh, even the president of the United States, there is no uh, evidence that Russia hacked um, the, the DNC or Podestra, but yet the CIA says so. And so here's the, here's the, uh, the, the upside for that. There is no way you can have this both ways. In other words, all these emails.
John Podesta and Pizzagate and Hillary Clinton and, and, and all this collusion with the mainstream press, then they are all real. And they're not fake. Besides that, emails come with metadata that, that shows exactly where they came from. Uh, so, uh, but, you know, the FBI says there's no uh, data. Other intelligence agencies say there is no uh, information. Even the president is out today saying we really don't have any evidence that Russia did this. So you're going to say that Russia hacked everything in the government and you're incompetent? And besides that, here's the other thing. So we're not supposed to, no matter who uh, put this information out, I think it was leaks. So all this dreadful stuff by Hillary Clinton, you know, she has a public and a private perception, you know, what she tells people in the public and what she tells people in private and all this stuff that has come out. You mean, we're not supposed to know how, uh, you know, truly evil uh, these people are? So, oh, the Russia hacked. They didn't say they made it up. They said they hacked. They didn't do it. Leaked. These are leaks. These came from, you know, we have this huge division in the um, in the intelligence community. Let me hearken back. I believe it was either earlier this year or late last year. You can you can Google this, uh, and nobody nobody in the mainstream press covered this. I mean, not that I know of. And I I pretty much cover the media. I I didn't see this covered anywhere. It was Seymour Hirsch, premier investigative journalist, and and take this in. He basically broke a story and had uh, documentation about how the um, uh, Pentagon was assisting the Assad regime against the CIA ISIS rebels. So let's just call them what they are. There's no free Syrian army. That's total BS. It's ISIS and al-Qaeda. Maybe at one time there's a free Syrian army, but, you know, ISIS was killing al-Qaeda because they weren't crazy enough, weren't radical enough. There is no free Syrian army. It's ISIS. And the Pentagon, take this in, according to Seymour Hersh and his documentation, was working and helping the Assad regime and the Russians against the CIA and ISIS. Now that, to me, tells me a huge ongoing, were these guys kissing makeup? Me and the Pentagon working against the CIA, you think they all made up? Think everything's okay? No, there'll be some grudges that sit there for years. Well, you think these emails got leaked out by the the counter coup? Uh, what's his name? Pizniak saying that uh, this was a counter coup. It was a counter coup, folks. This was our own people leaking out this dreadful stuff on Hillary. And I think there was massive voter fraud, although I can't prove it. They just don't. They keep telling by the, um, you know, they give driver's licenses out in California. They, all those people, they don't check them. Illegal aliens. Yeah, oh God, yes, yes, I think I think millions of illegal votes were voted. What did the Pew Research say? I'm going to give you some sourcing on this. They said, what was it, 24 million are so seriously corrupted they shouldn't be voting? Or they, they, they're, that they're seriously corrupt, they ought to be all re-registered? Um, re, uh, 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 they had you know, a couple of million dead people. People voted, uh, a couple of million voted in two different states. Come on. And then he had the president of the United States. What did he say just before the election? Yeah, encourage legal immigrants to vote. You know, when yep. you vote, you're a citizen yourself. We will come after you. This is what Obama said. When you vote, you're a citizen. Oh, you just have to vote to be a citizen. Oh, there's no election fraud. There's no voter fraud. Oh, no, 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 no. Even though Project Veritas uh, showed it. So. We're back to they're doing anything and everything they can do to try try to disqualify Donald Trump, 
to try to overturn a an election. Oh, she won the uh, the uh, electorate. She won the popular vote. Yeah, if you count the fraud, I want. I, and I think that that when Trump does take office, he'll there'll be a real big push on the illegal immigration and the voter fraud and the election fraud and all that. I think that's going to happen. I really do. And Trump's not going to tell you what he's going to do. Remember, this is his hallmark, right? What do you say over and over again? I'm not going to give my what I'm going to tell people what I'm going to do before I do it. I'm not going to do that. Stupid. He's right. It is. Yeah, yes, yeah. it is stupid. Gives them a chance to set up their defense. I think him stopping. saying that about Hillary Clinton. I don't. You know, listen. He's. I had a good a talk with a good friend of mine. Uh, I don't want to give his name because um, he's, he's coming up with something. He's been a former guest on the show. He's actually a good friend of mine. And I think what Trump is saying, and I'll get to my what he said, what our conversation got down to. I think what Trump is saying about, oh, I'm not going to, uh, you know, go after Hillary Clinton. You know what? I don't know what he. He may not die, but Jeff Sessions may. And I think Trump is going to have to come out firing fastballs and indicting people. Because if he doesn't, he'll just leave his operatives out there to constantly attack him. He's going to have to go on the offense. Yeah. And I think he's going to have to, and number numero, but let me tell you, Hillary Clinton is in a terrible, she's desperate. She's desperate because people, they gave her all this billions of dollars at this global charity fraud. It's so funny. You know, Woodward and Bernstein are all worried about Trump. They're worried. You really, you guys passed on a uh, multiple servers used to cover, because now we know it wasn't because she just wanted a few devices. The FBI affirmed that. Uh, multiple servers to take treasonous bribes in the form of quote-unquote donations to a global charity fraud, and Woodward and Bernstein don't, don't think that's a story? Yeah, get back your Pulitzer. You're a couple of hacks. A couple of people should be handing back their Nobel Prize. Also. Yes, they should. Oh, he had 20 people trying to dig up dirt on Trump. President. That was a failure. But nobody working on the global charity fraud, that they should just simply go up to the Clintons and say, prove, because it's a whole different, uh, 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 you know, uh, a whole different thing to prove pay-to-play bribery. And then it is that your charity, okay, good, prove it. It's, the onus is on you to prove your charity is not fraudulent. And it surely is fraudulent, in my humble opinion. And also Charles Ortel said, you know, you could, it's a global charity fraud, period, the end. They can't prove the money's going where it's, where it's going. They can't do it. They can't do it. One other point and about Hillary's Oh, and the president, Obama, uh, having a conversing with Hillary from the very beginning on HRC, whatever it is, dot com, uh, from the very beginning with his own private email outside of government communications, that's not, that's not a story, Washington Post, New York Times. Well, if a tree falls in the forest and the New York Times doesn't report it, did it make a sound? Well, and then you, who, who did the New York Times just, just uh, hire? This is they're doubling down. It's like they don't give a crap about making money. They will just put themselves out of business, which is maybe that's what their what the whole thing is—a big giant sham, uh, disinformation, uh, psyop. Uh, they don't care about the uh, you know about making money. And I want to tell you that. Um, uh, so uh, I, I uh, so I let me finish this one thought about the. So I think Trump is going to go after people. He has to. He won't survive if he lets them constantly attack him and lob stuff. He's going to have to go on the attack. He's going to fire every U.S. attorney just the way Clinton did in 92. Going to fire every damn one in 93. Going to fire everyone. Going to fire everyone. Poof. He's going to clean house uh, at the uh, Justice Department. Clean house. All these, all these Democrats, bye-bye. Poof. Gone. See ya. You're gone. Uh, I'm telling you.
people. People are going to get indicted. If I was the attorney general, what's her name? I'd be freaking out. That's why they're all right. freaking out. These people are freaking out. That's why the Jill Stein recount. That's why the you know, I think Hillary Clinton was behind it. Uh, you know, she conceded, but no, not really. Now we're into the Russian hacking, which is more total bullshit. Uh, it's embarrassing for the CIA. About, let me ask you something about the Russian hacking. If the Russians really hacked into the election and they caused and they were able to influence the election, is that a black mark on Russia or is it a black mark on the United States being unable to defend its own election technology today saying that he doesn't have any evidence right he doesn't have any evidence and he, this is a damn if you do damn if you don't and, and you know it'd be different if they said russia put out fake emails and we tracked them back they're totally fraudulent they're totally fraudulent about john podesta and pizza gate and talking about child pedophilia they're totally fraudulent about the collusion with the mainstream press totally fraudulent there's not a shred of truth to it no they're not saying that. They didn't say that. They're not fraudulent. The, the CIA is confirming they're not fraudulent, but they can't confirm that Russian leaked them because they didn't. That's why. I'll tell you what, let's, let's hold they're off not, right there. We'll get to. back and we'll talk more about mainstream media in a moment on financial survival. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom, and our guest is Greg Hunter from USAWatchdog.com. We'll be back in a moment. Please stay tuned. just defended yourself with a gun. The police are called and you're potentially involved in a homicide, but it was self-defense. At this point, you are not in your right mind. No one ever is when they are in fear for their life and defend themselves. Anything you say can and will be used in a court of law, both civilly and criminally. Fortunately, you have SelfDefenseFund.com. We are the National Association for Legal Gun Defense, and we protect our members nationally in all 50 states, up to $1 million per incident per member. Let us do the talking for you and visit SelfDefenseFund.com. Any weapon, any state, any time. Since the beginning of the United States, Kings have sought it. Nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. 
American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. I'm here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival with our guest Greg Hunter from USAWatchdog.com. Some of the best interviews, video interviews available on the Internet. Um, matter of fact, let me see if I can pull one of them up here that I wanted to talk. Uh, we're, you'd, you'd interview Jim Sinclair just in the last... Yes. Ten days or so, if I and I saw the interview, and I actually thought it was one of the best interviews I've ever seen. In part because I didn't think I've listened to Jim Sinclair talk in the past, and I had the impression, and I haven't heard every interview he's done, and this this is a subjective idea, but I had the impression that he always kept a few secrets. He didn't tell you everything he knew. I had the impression that in the interview with you, week or ten days ago that he was letting it all hang out and he was telling as much truth as he could fit into that one-hour program. Do you think that impression, my impression, is mistaken, it's just subjective and, you know, a little bit goofy, or do you think, or were you a little bit surprised by the interview yourself? I was surprised that he's come to a, a sweeping conclusion, and the sweeping conclusion is that it's the fix is, is going to only happen when it blows. I agree. Yep. And and this, the other thing uh, that I wanted to kind of, uh, you know, I haven't talked about this with anybody else. Uh, and I think this is all the whole part of the mainstream media and all, the whole thing. I mean, they're doing crazy shit like like uh, uh, hiring Glenn Thrush, you know, the political guy that called himself a hack, showing his scripts to the Clintons and to John Podesta and getting approval for what he was saying. I mean, nobody in journalism, that guy should, he should have been, should have been fired at political, never hired at the New York Times. And this is the whole PSYOP, New York Times, we're going to report without fear or favor. Remember that? Oh, we're going to report fairly. Oh, and, they, but we, and we, we reported on the candidates fairly. They lost so many subscriptions. Now they're saying they got all these subscriptions. I total lie. I think it's a total lie. Total PSYOP. But uh, I think that's what, the, what all this is, is a total PSYOP. And what I think what Jim Sinclair came to the realization was they aren't going to they are are going to control this until they can't. Yep. Yeah. And my question is, why are they doing this? Why has an adult in the room stepped up and said, oh, we got to fix this. This has got to get fixed. This can't go on. And they know it can't go on. They're as smart as me or got way more information than I do. And so my question has been turning to the point, why are they propelling and perpetuating and pretend and extend? They know it's not a fix. They know it will at some point go crazy. And it may not go crazy at a time of their choosing. It's so off kilter. I mean, you know, it's like flying an airplane. It's like flying an airplane, and you know you're leaking fuel. Okay, you know the damn thing's gonna go down, 
but you're going to switch fuel from one tank to the other, and you're going to, you know, slow your airspeed down and maybe drop altitude, and you're going to keep that thing going. You wouldn't do, you'd look for a place to crash land it at some point. Not fly it into the ocean or into the side of a mountain or, you know, or into a swamp or into some, you know, you wouldn't just fly it until it just crashed. You would, at some point, try to land it where you do the least amount of damage to yourself and everybody else. And so my question is, why Why are they, what are they looking, they're going to crash, we know that, what is going to be the trigger, and I think they're going to trigger it. What is going to be the trigger? Why have they, have, are they finished with all their preparations? Is it going to be Nibiru or a pole shift? I mean, there's, there's some crazy stuff by the U.S. Navy about how the shoreline is going to change all over the planet. Uh, you know, what is that? Is that what they're doing? Is it, is, this is from the new U.S. Navy, so don't think I'm crazy. This is a, an actual new US, U.S. Navy information that's talked about all kinds of crazy stuff, you know, where the Mississippi becomes, you know, 50 miles wide all the way up to the Great Lakes. And then what you have is basically an island on the east coast, a giant-like island. Uh, and and uh, on the west, you have a severe, you know, damage to all the coastlines around the world, actually. And, um... Uh, Europe ends up to be, you know, a bunch of islands. Anyway, but what are they, so my question is, what are they, why are they doing this? Why have they not gone for a fix? I think one of the reasons may be that they're not riding on the same plane that you and I are. They may be controlling the plane as if it were a drone loaded up with people like you and me and Melody, and if it crashes, we are in big trouble, but I think they're living up in a castle high in the high in the mountain someplace, and uh, they can look over the situation, and they've got plenty of food and water and whatever else they need, and they think they'll be able to get by. Uh, what, but, but my question is, and so but what, what are they, they have a plan, they've, the plan is only to extend it. Okay, that's, oh, that's something else that I got out of the Jim Sinclair interview. There, there's no plan to fix it. There is no fix. The fix is we're going to contort it and distort it and everything uh, from, you know, everything there, there can be. Gen uh, Greg Manorino said that really important. He said he talked about this idea about you can't have gold and silver, you know, real money competing in store of wealth, competing with fake money and fake store of wealth. You can't have that. You cannot have that. And I, I, I'm doing Mike Maloney. He's going to be up, you know, tomorrow, tonight after midnight. Mike Maloney at GoldSilver.com, and he kind of said the same thing. And uh, but but my my question then advanced become, boy, this must be damned ominous. Must something huge is coming for them to to completely retard the law of nature and completely, you know, throw caution to the wind. Well, you know, one I of the things that occurs to me, the I fiat monetary system is not self-healing. I, I think I'm beginning to think that if you have a crash, you have a problem when you have real money, gold and silver, there's still a level of objectivity and uh, of truth, of reality, and the system can heal itself. I'm beginning to wonder, can the fiat monetary system, can it heal itself? I don't think it can. Once, I mean, you start on this trajectory and you are headed for... You know, darn nation. Well, they, they didn't. I, I, my, what really worries me is that there's no fix. They know this. Why then? What are they trying to fly to? 
What are they trying to get to? Because they didn't want to fix it. They're not going to fix it. The fix is going to be a complete and total meltdown. And that's what Jim Sinclair was referring to. And anybody thinking, well, you know, I bought here and it's going to go down there, it doesn't make any damn difference. You know, it's not a trade. It really is not a trade. You know, I've had this for five years. Yep. No, people yep. Are and the other die. guys on the other end, out of the, the, this gold people and silver is being bought by somebody. People are going to die. And oh, probably you. not just a handful. We could see if this situation goes as bad as it might, and the worst-case scenario is always the least likely, but just the same, if it begins to approach a worst-case scenario, there's going to probably be millions of people dying around the world. might not happen. We may not see that much death in this country, but you go to some country like Egypt, for example, I mean, what are they going to do? Oh, they can't, I think they can't feed themselves right now. Well, here's the other thing. I got a, uh, I get a lot of email from people that I don't really put on the air, and they write me things, and they, um, they write me things, and they are sometimes they're very high level people, and uh, one of the guys uh, that wrote me, and I'm not really clear to give his name, does uh, does electronic payment systems in Canada, and he writes me and says, you know, I've been studying this for a while and uh, he uh, and I do electronic payment systems and I mean for big big companies like uh, Costco and and uh, and uh, you know uh, companies in Canada drug Mart uh, other you know and, and integrating these retail uh, you know supply chain payment systems and it is a huge undertaking and he started saying if we if we had something like we introduced another currency like the SDR it would take not just weeks not just months it may take years and if you had a a paper component of that i know everybody wants to go to a non you know not, you know to digital money he said but if you had a paper component you'd have to have two cash cores you uh, how would you collect sales tax at 7% uh, would you round everything up to the nearest dollar or sdr he said this would be this may take uh, a couple of years uh, you know, everything, the payment system would absolutely freeze in the world. Now you think about that's, that. No, I'm thinking about it right now, and that's really an extraordinary admission, an extraordinary observation. Um, Remember how I said that? Uh, it isn't going to be just flip a light switch and everything's, we're going to change from green money to red money. It isn't that way. This is going to be a problem I told you that, that will be insurmountable. I think it's going to be that I and most people are they you know they got they don't have a week's worth of groceries. They don't. I mean, cash will work really good for a while. They don't have any damn cash. I see people go up there. They'll buy a two dollar cup of coffee with a damn credit card. It's stupid. A debit card, really. They're worse than that. Stupid. I mean, I just think stupid. Stupid. And uh, I, 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 I think. I think that that this is going to be uh, an extinction level event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be. Yeah, and and I don't I don't know if gold and silver is the most important thing. I think food and water would be the most important thing. I think second to that would be lead and oh. something that could throw it. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I but but the, but the, the thing that really really takes me back and strikes me is that this is, even Jim Rickard says, we know we're going to have weeks, probably months, of a new system coming online. Uh, and there, there's just going to be mass, you know, panic, mass robbery, mass um, fraud. 
I mean, that's if we don't get hit by some pole shift or Nibiru, or if you believe any of that stuff or you don't, they said it was going to be 2015, 2016, 2017. I don't, but you know, the Navy does have a, a map drawn up, which shows, you know, a big swath of water going up through the uh, New Madrid Fault. The biggest earthquake that ever happened was in Missouri, in, in the United States, in the 1830s, because nobody was living there. It rerouted 100 miles of the Mississippi River. The New Madrid well, earthquake. The only way we can have the the... Water pouring up the Mississippi to where it becomes hundreds of miles wide or whatever. One of the poles, both of the poles have to melt. Where's the water coming from? I mean, you're talking about something causing. A pole shift, I don't know. Well, maybe full shift. I don't know, but I'm still saying you can't just. Uh, there's only so much water here, and something's got to make it go up. And the only thing that could make it go up that fast, something's got to melt the Antarctic and/or the Arctic in order to supply, get rid of the ice, turn it into water, make enough water to increase the volume that it could flood up the Mississippi. I don't see that happening as an overnight situation. I don't, I'm not denying that it can happen. I'm just saying that doesn't strike me as a single, even if the poles shifted, I don't see it melting overnight. No, I don't see the Antarctic I'll tell you what about the Navy, how the Navy comes up with this, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I don't. I have no idea how the Navy comes up with this map. This is a this is a fairly if you if you Navy Navy map of the world. Also, James Michael Scallion has his own map. You know the whole he's a psychic, but the Navy they're not a bunch of psychics. They're they're coming up with this by some other you know what's some other way. What's the time frame on? What's the time frame on it though? Don't know. I do not know. <laughs> and that's why I was bringing you back to this whole thing of uh, why are they doing this gross fraud and negligence and uh, uh, manipulation. Manipulation, interventions, there is no fix. They know it can't be fixed. They know at some point it blows. The bond market is, you know, I mean, to, to, over the last couple of days, it hit, uh, what did it hit? It hit um, 2.51. And, uh, you know, I mean, they're lying in the media. I mean, they hired the guy that called himself a hack. He, they, they, they hired Glenn Thrush, who the, the New York Times says he's a premier political journalist. Really? He called himself a hack for uh, giving script approval to uh, people at the Clinton Foundation. I mean, you know, this is, this is uh, it, it, it's like they don't care whether they make money. They don't care what they look like. They don't care what the economy does. They don't care what the real economy does. They don't, they lie. They misinform. It's what is the end game? What, why are, what are they trying to get to before it blows? Why are they extending this? And that's my big question. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. You know, one of the things is I think we are so caught up in right now the moment. Things are moving so fast. We get caught. What's happening right now? What's the news? Five minutes later, what's the news? What's the news? What's the news? We lose our focus on longer-term events, perhaps. And that's exactly and if we do what that, I was it doesn't matter. Say, Al. It doesn't matter if people have a low, I can do a terrible job. And it doesn't matter because tomorrow is another job. And another one the day after that and another one the day after that. I can engage in fraud. I can perhaps engage in murder. And everyone is so focused on the moment that they forget what you did a week ago, a month ago. And maybe that explains the man you're talking about. He's just all in the now. He can do all kinds of fraudulent acts. It doesn't matter. Public forgets because everybody's tied up in what's happening right this minute. Do you think that makes any sense, or is that just improbable? I I think there's a bigger plan. I don't think it's that... 
I think there's a bigger plan because I'm, I'm thinking about this system. Somebody is running this system. And you wouldn't run her, and there has been no fix. There is no, all I've heard is Christine Lagarde is on trial right now for some some dastardly thing, allegedly, that she did. Uh, so I, I don't know, um, I, 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 I don't know what they're trying to get to. I know they're trying to get to something, because there is no fix. You wouldn't, any reasonable person would say, okay, we got a problem with debt. Let's fix it. Instead, we we supercharge the debt, and we make it worse. We make it even more unfixable than it was before. You know that the debt can't be fixed because one man's asset is another man's debt and vice versa. One man's uh, debt is another yes, man's asset. Yes, that's where I wanted to tell you. Cancel $20 trillion worth of debt, the national debt, and you also wipe out $20 trillion worth of bonds that are in pension funds right now and in bank vaults and whatever. We can't date. We can't pay the debt and we can't cancel it. What are we going to do with it? We can cancel it. How? We can cancel it. You can't cancel the debt without the canceling the, the correlative bonds. Yes, they you become can. worthless. You cancel the debt, the bonds become worthless. Correct. And that's what Trump hinted at early on in his campaign, a debt reorganization. He stopped the e-snake that. He, did, he stopped that. And we've been told, and I, I'll tell you this again, we've been told that debt is money and debt is an asset, and we're going to find out in spectacular fashion that it's not true. Do you know that in the last few months, 100 Dallas police officers have have quit mm -hmm. and taken their money? Yeah. And they the, uh, oh, the, oh, that's just the tip of the uh, pension iceberg. That debt is not going to be paid. Yeah, no. People like New York and Chicago and and uh, you know uh, cities like New York City and Chicago and, uh, and L.A. and all with these huge pensions and this, the same correlating states and any of these states that have all this debt, I'm telling you that there is going to be a jubilee and it is not going to be pretty. It's not and going to be a fun jubilee. It's going to be more like a bloody jubilee. But right now we have to break and take a couple of commercials. Okay. <laughs> Melody and I will be back on Financial Survival with our guest, Greg Hunter, from USAWatchdog.com. Please stay tuned. Make the aspirin mistake. Aspirin was discovered by mistake during World War II and suppresses your immune system and prevents blood clotting. Don't expose your body to risk when you can use a natural inflammation and pain reliever called Extra Strength Pain Relief by Apothecary Herbs. Discover the power this formula has with Salicin to enter the system in 60 seconds to work hard and relieve pain for 12 hours. Whether it's arthritis, sports injury, or flu, you can relieve aches, pain, and swelling with our Extra Strength Pain Relief Formula. Call Apothecary Herbs now, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted 
sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. on Financial Survival. Our guest is Greg Hunter from USAWatchdog.com. We were talking a little bit earlier about the Trump effect, the Trump rally. Um, do, you think, do you think it's a result? In fact, you, had, you interviewed Gregory Marinero. Marinero. Marinero, okay. Marinero, that's funny. Uh, all right, <laughs> by mistake. Um, but he said something about what's happening. Our markets are trying to objectively price in a new president. Is, yes. is the Trump rally really trying to p- price in a new president? Is that what's happening in the markets? Or well, is you, this uh, an almost unprecedented example of irrational exuberance? It, here's my take on that, and this is the elephant in the room. And the elephant in the room is the debt. Oh, yeah. We got it. We got to do something with it. Whatever we, if we try to pay it off, that's going to be damn. Uh, that's going to be tough. Can't the, happen. The ten-year yield, as we sit and talk, is at two point four seven three. So it's almost at two point five percent. You're only, you know, twenty-two basis points away from, uh, you know, two point five percent. And so, um, you, you know, it's. Uh, it, I think that he's. Trump is going to have to have inflation. He can't have deflation. He has to have inflation. Mm-hmm. And he may have powerful inflation, but to offset that, maybe he'll have powerful deflation. If the bond market starts selling, if everybody starts feeling like, oh, my God, I'm, I need to get my money out of the, out of the stock markets. Uh, I need to sell, sell, sell. They're going to have to liquefy that debt. Are they going to liquefy it all? Are they going to have that kind of massive inflation? Uh, Trump talked about reorganizing the debt. You know, remember, Trump is filed for bankruptcy, and he understands it. And, you know, in order to get it under the massive costs that we have, uh, and, you know, we're going to get our economy going long before they will over in uh, in Europe, um, that uh, maybe he uh, he defaults on the debt. Maybe we don't need full faith and credit of the U.S. People, uh, no, they can't do it. He's talked about this. I mean, I, I read some op-ed piece. Um, who was it? Uh, I don't know, somebody... One of the commenters, and I, and I, and I took away this: the most, the the biggest wild card in the Trump candidate cabinet is Trump, and it is. Yeah. He's not going to tell you what he's going to do. He stopped talking about reorganizing the debt. I think he, I think he would, he would try to push the inflation uh, unbelievably and push the deflation. But if he pushes the inflation and he tries to finance that, uh, you know, the big trillion dollar expense program and bigger military and all that, if he tries to do that, I mean, he might shoot interest rates to, you know, double, triple. You know, who knows what it would be. 
Uh, then again, you could just might just say you are not going to pay all this. That, that's no good. That debt's gone. You know, I don't I don't know exactly how it's going to unfold, but the debt is there, and that is the biggest bubble in history yep. of the world and all sovereign debt. You know, we took 2008 was a corporate problem, and we made it a sovereign problem. You know, you got the ECB uh, taking action. You had the, the uh, you have the uh, Federal Reserve taking action. You have the Bank of Japan taking action. You have, you know, the People's Bank of China taking action. All every central bank now is involved in destroying their own bonds and their own currency. Uh, this is unprecedented in the history of the world. How is Trump going to deal with that? And that's the biggest question. How is Trump going to deal with the debt? I suspect he won't just press only the inflation button. He'll press the deflation button and say that some of that stuff's not going to be payable. We're just not going to pay it. I don't know. Well, they, they are caught between the rock and the hard place. Again, from my perspective, the debt is too great to be repaid. And on the other hand, if you cancel the debt, you wipe out the correlative uh, uh, debt instruments like United States Treasury. You can't have if it both we cancel ways, twenty Alfred. trillion dollars in U.S. national debt, we cancel twenty trillion ways. dollars in U.S. Treasuries. You cannot add that. We've been trying to have it both ways, and we're not going to have it both ways. We you, can't. you can pay we can't. it back. You, we can't. The only either. thing we can look at is a collapse. This is in line with what. I think I heard you say about Jim Sinclair. There's yes. only one way out of this, and this is a terrible collapse where we the debt is wiped out, and that's debt is either repaid or it is not. Only two things happen to debt. Only two. There's only two choices. It is repaid, and it is not. Now listen to what you just said: that we can't pay the debt. Yes, that means mm -hmm. to kind of live the charade where we can pay the debt is a charade. We can't pay the debt. We know we can't pay the debt. At some point, when everybody wakes up and goes, oh, my God, America will never pay that debt. That's when the proverbial poop hits the fan. Because we can't pay this debt. That's really what we're really talking about. And you just said it. You can't have it both ways. You can't say, well, we can't pay the debt, but we can't cancel it either. It's going to cancel it one way or the other. We can't, no, we can't cancel it painlessly. We That's can't correct. cancel it without it's, incredible the debt adverse is going to be resolved in one of two ways. It all gets paid back in real dollars. We know that can't happen. That or happen. it gets defaulted on. And yeah. which way do we'll we do default. with that? Do we do? You know, do we print some money and pick some winners? Do we print no money and just say it's all no good? Or do we do a combination of both? I suspect it'll be a combination of inflation and deflation at the same time. Mm-hmm. It'll be some of the fastest talking politicians the world's ever seen as they try to explain how they got us into this mess in the first place. And how they got it in was giving up gold and silver and putting us on a fiat currency. That's what yes, they yes, yes. We all know problem. that. And that's why they're suppressing the prices because you can't have real money competing with fake money. And you can't have, you know, uh, you know, you can take a look at like, like silver is the currency and gold is the bond. Okay, and the dollar is the currency, and the treasuries is the bond, and you can't have real currency and real stores of wealth competing with fake currency and fake stores of wealth. But I'm telling you, you it, that is the real elephant in the room. That is the that you cannot get a. And if you have this simple axiom, this very simple, I like to break things down in simple terms because I'm not that smart. Debt is either repaid or it is not. Are we going to repay this debt? And most people are going to go, no. Oh, do you think you owe any of this? Oh, no, I don't owe any of this debt. Yes, you do. 
And that's the you know what they've done the to deal with. And who's going to run to the door first and go sell, 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 sell? I'm going to try to get my money first. And how how many people can get their money first? And how many people are they going to cash out before they before the whole world? You can't stop something that big. You can't hide something that big. Oh, they've. It's astonishing to me. Uh, you're going to have to give the devil his due because. The world has been deceived in a way that not one man in a thousand and maybe a million really understands. Oh, well, thank you, mainstream media. Thank you, CNBC. Thank oh, you, Fox yeah. Business. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, uh, the New York Times and Dealbook. And thank you, Washington Times, Washington Post. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for not really understanding what is really what is really going on. What's really going on is a deal for the debt. I think they're scared shitless. Excuse me, I don't mean to cuss. Uh, they're scared to death that Trump's going to have to a prosecute their asses and b the gravy train is going to be over and over abruptly before they can get the cover. And it, and this is why they're trying to do everything they can to delegitimize Trump. Nancy Pelosi's daughter supposedly trying to lead the charge against the Electoral College where you don't vote for Donald Trump. Hillary won the, won the uh, uh, popular vote. And that's total bullshit. And, you know, but it comes down to that. I mean, it comes down to there's going to – why do you think Obama's – Obama? Why do you think Trump is putting all these generals in power? He's getting ready to go to war. War. Yep. And the war isn't externally, it's internally. Yep. You what think do you think Trump getting Rex anticipates martial law here within the United States of America? Caused by the Nazis, and that's the Democrats. Those are the Nazis. Hard to believe. When he assigned the general to the Homeland Security, that was what gave it all away. Well, Jay I mean, Johnson he, is a... You know, he's, he's, Muslims can just walk across the border. They don't prosecute any of them. You remember, you have a, if you think the government is cohesive, look no further. Let's go back to the Seymour Hirsch thing. Look, look at what's going on now. You got the FBI saying, no, 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 that's not true. No, 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 how Russia's didn't hack us. You have other people in the, in the intel community leaking documents. This came out with other, and I've even heard that on, the, on Fox Business, that these leaks, that these were not hacks, they were leaks. I heard that on Fox, on Fox, on mainline television. And so do you think we have a cohesive government structure going on? Why do you think Obama's getting all these damn, uh, you know, uh, immigrants uh, in here? Are they all just immigrants, or are they are, are they uh, part of his army? Are they part of the people he's going to try to, to fo- you know, uh, foment a, uh, a revolution? Well, not only yeah, foment know. a revolution, if you're living next door to an illegal alien, before you're done, you're going to have more reason to fight with him than you are with the President of the United States. He can plant these people in this country, and it will divert attention. What do you think he's doing with all these You worry more about who's in your children. neighborhood than you do uh, about who's in Washington. And that's but what do you think he's done with all these alien children? They're not children. 70%, according to one reporter, are adults. What do you think he's doing? I mean, this is some evil uh, backroom, darkroom well, stuff. to destroy this country. This is treason. This yeah, ding, ding, ding. You difference. got it. What do you think Hillary Clinton? Why did he give a shit about give a, Sorry, I'm, I'm really getting nasty. Why did he care about Hillary Clinton? He was conversing with her from the very beginning. He knew he was, she was taking bribes from foreign countries. Why, why didn't he stop her from the very beginning? Cause he, because they're on the same team. Yeah, I know. They want to take the country down. And, and she knows. Listen. And I've said this, I don't know if I've said this before here, but I said it on my weekly news wrap-up, and I think, listen, she, her shelf life is just about expired. 
she took billions of dollars on the on the com that she was going to be the next president of the United States. She didn't make it. Uh, she now she's in this last ditch effort to try to get the electoral college and the Russians hacked us and Trump's illegitimate and she, she won the popular vote. That that ain't gonna work either. And when the realization comes. When Trump puts his uh, hand on the Bible and no, it will not be a Quran or a Constitution or anything, it will be a Bible. When he puts his hand on the Bible and gets sworn in on January twentieth, her expiration date she is going to be. Uh, that is her uh, actual expiration date. Now people say, "Oh, she knows where all the bodies are buried." She, whoa, whoa, listen, you don't think that that people are watched and know he's going to have to go on the offensive. What's the first thing you to do, can do if you were to really stop an investigation? Well, the person that you're going to be the source of the investigation, you know, ceases breathing. Well, there's a she flip side is in trouble, I what suspect. If, what if you cut a deal with that person and you said, you blow the whistle on the rest of these people, we'll let you, you go. ding, ding, ding! Oh, and by the way, uh, uh, Madam Former Secretary, never going to be president, you mess with us and we'll throw that daughter of yours in jail, too, because she's running that global charity scam. You think they don't have some leverage on her? Yeah. Uh, so so th this is some dangerous, crazy stuff that's coming down the pipe. I'm hoping Donald Trump can get inaugurated. And that we don't have some false flag or some, you know, craziness where they threaten all the uh, electoral college members. Where the FBI ought to be involved in all that. Anybody that gets threatened ought to be there to chase down every threat and arrest them. So we're in some some serious serious troubled times, and I think there's getting ready to be a a, a form of civil war going on. And there, there there's one going on right now with this whole coup and counter coup and leaks and didn't come from the Russians. John McCain knows full well it didn't come from the Russians. Lindsey Graham, these are a bunch of dupes that got uh, that you know four failed presidential candidates that that couldn't win two percent in their own vote. Lindsey Graham, I, I don't know how he's a, even a senator, but uh, you know uh, the. They know that this wasn't Russian. They, what are they? Why are they doing this? I don't know, but I think it'll all be. This is all part of the uh, the prelude to a, a civil war. And I don't mean like the North and the South. I mean uh, overt and covert war uh, in the government. And I think Donald. They realize that Donald Trump is going to have to go to war to survive. He won't be able to passively allow these these entities to keep taking pot shots at him and to treat, keep trying to undermine him. He's going to have to go to war, and maybe not war like you know, uh, you know, the divided lines and and uh, you know, house to house uh, fighting and whatever that. But there's going to be a war going on. Well, I think we see evidence of that already in the election. We had Democrats that were intentionally causing violence at Trump demonstrations. There is real war. A kind of war has already begun here. That's correct. And so, and so back to your question. So, so the idea of holding, um, uh, you know, something in part of your, part of your portfolio 
Absolutely. When I think a car title and good and a good working car and a, a, a home title, a clear you know food and water and stuff you need to make it that you could last you know for a major disruptive disruption. I you know remember you know uh, hyperinflation and uh, and terrible economic times are what gave rise to ooh, Hitler. Remember him? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, that Hitler would have never been around if it wasn't for him. Castro? I mean, uh, you know, these are all things that happen when people just want, they just, oh, I'll just do whatever I can to, you know, so I can eat and I can go to work. And so, I, you know. Um, We're going to have to let it go at that point. But, Greg, your prediction of real internal war within the United States Quite extraordinary and thought-provoking. Why don't you give people 10 seconds of how to get to usawatchdog.com? usawatchdog.com, uh, that's it. You can, you can Google Greg Hunter, and you'll end up finding me. usawatchdog.com, I post uh, three times a week. People, you should post every day. I don't have a staff for that. I have all I can do to get what I get on the air, and I and I don't do, you know, I'll tell you what, you guys, I don't do many interviews, and I don't want to. And I do you guys, uh, and uh, I don't do many other people. I have people want me to and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Worried about where your next meal will come from if the power is out for an extended period of time? I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high-fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preservatives, 
preservatives, or soy. You can be confident your Numana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Numana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's Numana.com. N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com.
Good afternoon, all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You are listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is Tuesday, December 13th, 2016. It's about 2.08 out here on the Pacific Time Coast, if that's when it is where you're at. We are live. 800-932-1980. 800-932-1980. That is the call-in number that will get your voice on the air. But if you don't want to go on the air, you can participate in the show by going to our website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. And there's a couple other ones that may be easier for you. A-V-R-N, the number one, okay, numeral one, avrn1.com and avrn.tv. Those will point to the site and will get you to the same place as the other actual names to the site. Anywho, we've got a uh, chat room there where you can participate if you'd like to, making, you know, comments or asking questions, things like that, but you don't have to. You don't even have to talk about what I'm talking about or my co-host today is talking about. You can talk about whatever you want in there. There aren't any rules that you must speak about what we speak about on the air or else you're banned. We don't do that. Talk about whatever you like. The chat room is there for you, not only to participate, but to also socialize with people that may be uh, closer to like-minded with you than say, uh, oh, I don't know what you're going to find at a family reunion or something, you know. Boy, from what I've been reading, uh, I'm not the only one with a family reunion like that, except, you know, people are losing their minds over this election. Now, I do want to give you a little note here in the next hour, okay, for about an hour, maybe less, well, probably less, but, you know, I'm just going to say the whole hour, the whole next hour, the two streams on AVRN2, okay, the 16 and the 56K will be down. I got to do some maintenance on that computer, and it just is just a requirement. I got to do it. Uh, there's something I have to do with it, and it has to shut down, and I'm giving myself an hour, probably won't take that long. But every time I say, well, this should only take 15 minutes, you know, four hours later, I'm sitting there pulling my hair out wondering why I'm not done yet. So uh, I'm giving myself uh, an hour to do this, and it shouldn't take anywhere near that. But just so you know, the 16K and 56K on AVRN2 will be down starting right after this show for one hour, okay? It's not, you know, there's we're not under attack or anything like that and uh you know it's just it is maintenance that has to be done and uh you know the next you know so we have five other streams i mean it's not like you can't listen and they're playing the same thing so anyhow there's that and uh i'll give you that before we end too for those of you that well aren't listening yet anyhow let's bring al from colorado on for the lightning round welcome al yes well we got two good pieces of news or at least one good piece of news 38 days from today we say goodbye to barry well hopefully oh I'm going to tell you something, Frank. Nothing surprises me between now and the uh, inauguration and next Monday or a week from yesterday. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing, you know. And, Mm -hmm. 
You know, and you and I, we don't have any control over it. So we have no control at all. So all um, we can do is sit and watch, it, yeah. you know, like the television, you know, yeah, it's like watching a movie. Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't do my due diligence and, and listen to Marcel, but I believe that Trump can ask Mr. Comey to hand in his resignation if he cannot fire him. Oh, sure, he can. We talked about this last week, and I should have talked to Marcel, or Roy, rather, and, uh, and but you I'm know, pretty sure that Donald can ask Comey to step down, oh, and he'll have no choice. Well, I don't know about no choice, but certainly Donald Trump can ask him to. He can also get his uh, attorney general, the Department of Justice, to start leaning on the FBI director. No. You know, and if they make it so difficult to where he can't, you know, do his job, then he probably would resign, but... Uh, you know, I don't think he has to, but it'd be crazy not to. It's like, you know. I think enough people have seen Mr. Comey's, uh, how do we say, behavior that well, they don't think look, they don't have any. Uh, he's got a very uh, bad me. vote of confidence. Look, it's like if you say, uh, hey, honey, I want a divorce. And she says, no way, no how. Am I ever giving you a divorce? Okay, so. Well, I'm going <laughs> to go get it yourself, myself, then. I'm going to file for it. Well, then you're going to have to fight. You yeah. See, then you're gonna have to go to court. And you're gonna have to fight, and Trump yeah. would have to go to mm -hmm. Congress, and they'd have yeah. to, and they would actually have to impeach Comey. Okay, so I hope they do. They, you know, they need to get rid of him. Him, man. Well, Loretta Lynch mob, she is definitely but going. But what kind of crazy person says, you know, if your spouse says, "Look, I'm done. I want out." That's it. We're it's over. Time to leave, kid. You know, if you, why would you say, "No way, no how"? Am I ever? You know, you're gonna say, "Well, okay, what's my severance package?" <laughs> I like that. That's a good one. Yeah. You know, what, what's yeah. my severance package here? Is it yeah. good? Okay, it's good enough. See ya. Uh, yeah. I'm out of here. Why would you want to stay yeah. somewhere where life is just going to be really difficult Absolutely. for you? Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. so, you know, he could probably strong arm Comey into leaving, but he could also, if he could get Congress to do it, they could impeach him out oh, of Oh, yes, there, Absolutely. You know? And he still needs to go after Hitlery. I don't want. I do not want her getting off. I'd be very surprised if he let her skate. I really would. Well, cannot you know, afford to let her go. She's she, as far as what I've been reading, the NSA is who hacked Hitlery in the DNC, not the Russians. Well, let me tell you something, Hillary. <laughs> Hillary has her own problems, okay? Because Trump might not have to do anything to her because, see, Hillary made a lot of promises and yeah. accepted a lot of money. Oh, to, yeah. A lot to, of people are going to want their money back, I think. <laughs> to, and they're not. The Clintons aren't in the business of giving money back. Uh, so the thing is, you know, uh, these are rough characters that she's taking money from, and uh, oh, you mean she might get her own Kennedy treatment? Yeah, what that's right. They me. may. Hey, say, that you would know be what? a wonderful day if that happens. You have just turned in from. Uh, you, you know what? You have turned from an asset to a liability. Absolutely. And we don't tolerate liabilities around these here parts. No, so, no. you know, I mean, you could have an accident. Now, are you yeah. ready for this number? I hope you're sitting down. Why, do you, think she, Saudis, why do you think she's fighting so hard, Al? Well, why do you think she's doing this? The Saudis finance 20%. That's $1 out of every five. You know how much money was spent on her entire campaign? I hope you're sitting down for this one, Frank. 1.2 with a B behind it. Oh, boy. Not an M, a B. And Trump spent a fraction of that. He spent 66 uh, huge out of his own, and I don't know, I think his total was, I don't know, close to 100 after everybody else donated. Million. Million, right. 
and she spent 12 times that much. <laughs> is this a great country or what, Frank? Come on. Well, you know what? I mean, is this a, is this a weird country or what? Now, listen to this. Yeah. Here we have some wench that was claiming she was flat broke when she left the White House, right? Oh yeah, after she stole all the uh, furniture and the and the and the crockery and the dishes right. and, and all that, and wrecked all the computers. And, and yeah. but the thing is, here's some wench says she's flat broke, spending 1.2 billion dollars on a campaign. 1.2 billion—that's an unbelievable number, Frank. Now here's a billionaire running for president, yeah, who spends. Downward of two hundred million, okay. Sixty-six out of his own pocket. Right, but uh, let's just say other money came in. But it's under. Well, let's call it between one hundred and one hundred and fifty. Let's say. I'm just going for two hundred million. It's Fine. Still, well, that's one sixth of what <laughs> she still. It's still now. Wait a minute. He's the billionaire. She's the broke wench. I mean, yeah. how does this work out? And and after it's all said and done, the billionaire who spends one sixth. What the broke one spent yeah. ends up winning. Yeah. Wow, that's kind of odd, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, well, the, we've got other ba- good news for our uh, bad news for Hitlery. She, they had a recount in Wisconsin <laughs> and know. she lost. They had a recount in Michigan and she lost. Well, not only did she lose in Michigan, Trump gained 131 votes. And I think they shut down. Pennsylvania got shut down. She didn't even get to do a recount in Pennsylvania. No, Pennsylvania said, "Screw you." You know what? It ain't that close, and you got no standing, shill. Uh, is basically yeah, well, what he, then she just the, wasted everybody's hey, money. I think she's putting that money in her own pocket. The guy, hey, the judge, man, and he didn't just say, get the hell out of here. That's my ruling. He wrote a 31-page ruling. Really? Yeah, 31, 31 pages. 31 pages? That's a pretty good chunk of change. It's like, look, and if you think I don't have reasons for dismissing this... You better get to reading because I got 31 pages of reasons why I'm not allowed. She's lucky he didn't throw her in the slammer for for fraud. And Michigan, you know, Michigan, Michigan said, "Hey, we're done with this. You know what? Uh, we're over." And they're and they're rewriting their laws. You know why in Michigan? The, he gained more votes in both Michigan and Wisconsin over her after they did the recount, which makes her look silly. Well, and they stopped the recount in Michigan because the the judge there said, "Look, hey, guess what? You don't have any standing, Shill." Oh, she didn't have any standing in Michigan either. She had no standing in any one of well, those. Well, I know, states. but Michigan actually ruled that. You know what? You're not damaged. You're not injured. You're not. You can, you she don't have. She needed any a certain percentage of the votes in Michigan to even bring the the recount. Well, yeah, but Michigan said, listen, that one or two percent that you did get. Yeah, it's not enough. Even if everything, you know, you you can't win. You will never win. There, you're not gonna win. You didn't lose because even the if the idea was not know, about her, the idea was about Hitlery. That was well, the, then then Hitlery should have brought the suit. But you see, that would be politically incorrect because Hillary made a big deal nationally a couple of times, being horrified that you know. Donald Trump wouldn't accept the uh, election results. Well, guess who turned around and went 180 degrees. (laughs) Yeah, you know, so she couldn't bring it herself. So what they did was they got Shill Stein to be funded by saying, listen, this will cost a few million bucks. We'll shovel you eight million bucks. Uh, You spend three or four. George Soros probably backed the whole thing. 
let me ask you something. Now you go online and you look for stuff that have uh, because I have I've looked and I don't see anywhere. Where did who were the contributors? Was it grandmas all around America Absolutely giving Schultz a hundred bucks? You know bucks? it was Georgie Porgy with an S at the uh, the second name. You know it was Georgie Porgy. Well, there has to be some sort of uh, public disclosure of donations to a political. Uh, well, then they, they? Kept it, they kept it very quiet, evidently. Why didn't Donald start screaming is my question then. Well, Donald didn't have to worry Let's about scream. anything because he we already knew that he won it. Well, why should he scream? He won. It's That's like, right. You know, There's no reason for him to do it. You know, but it, it, anyway, Michigan told her, look, you, you're, you don't have standing because no matter what, even if there was voter fraud, you're still not going to win. Okay, the numbers, the numbers that change for Trump, even with both of those two states, with more in Wisconsin and more in Michigan, both of them. Yeah. Both well, of them. But now, oh, I got a story here on this here. Uh, <laughs> and the, and the, uh, the headline is, Karma's a you-know-what. Yes. Starts with a B and ends with an A. Yeah, listen to this. Michigan. Michigan is launching an audit. After huge voting irregularities uncovered in Clinton strongholds. Oh, was that the one where they found the 25,000 extra votes for Hillary? Remember that one? Well, they, they, uh, no. Somewhere, one of those three states, they found 20, all of a sudden, just like Dirty Harry, they uh, 25,000 votes for Hillary magically appeared after well, the election. Well, hey, you know, so, now that Schill went up there and called, you know, got Michigan's attention... Michigan's starting to look at this going hey, now. we better do an audit here, huh? Well, they're looking at it going, now, wait a minute. Now that we, we did start the recount and uh, we're looking at this, there's a lot of irregularities, except the irregularities are where Hillary won. Oh, isn't that interesting? So you now, mean they caught Hillary cheating is what you're trying to tell us here, Frank? Well, they're going to catch her cheating if they do this audit because the thing is, it's like, uh, okay, oh, hey, you know what? Thanks for getting us to look at this. So now we're going to do an audit. <laughs> and um, Wisconsin ought to do the same thing and the same thing with Pennsylvania. You know, but it ain't going to make any difference. She well, wait a minute. She it's lost. a cut and dry thing, Frank. Hitlery lost, and it's all over for Hitlery, and she can cry for the next 30 years, and it's not going to change. She ain't going to be around 30 years. Stop saying things like that. My God, what are you trying to get my barf bag? No, no, no. I've said that sarcastically, Frank. Oh, gosh. Let's stay for the next five minutes, okay? Let's let's give her five minutes. You really want to barf? The idiots in Arizona put McStain back uh, in. Give me a know break, what? Frank. That, now that's a place that needs to be audited because how Don't does tell he me keep that he won again, Frank? How, I'm how not buying happen? that one on McStain. No, how does this happen? And how did Ryan win? I, Wisconsin ought to look at that too. I think Ryan cheated his way past the other guy. The other guy up there who was running against Ryan was a superior in the in the primaries in the Republican primaries. He was a superior candidate. Yeah. And I don't know why the people. In, oh. But then again, you know, it's not all the people in Wisconsin because Paul Rhino is just a, a a representative, and that is only the people in his particular district vote for him. So, you know, what kind of district is that? Is that a completely like brain dead district, or 
are they buying into this whole? Well, we don't want to give up the uh, you know the seniority of the Speaker of the House. And well, all Mr. Blah, blah, blah. Mr. Rat Ryan is now, I think, according to uh, Drudge, either yesterday or this morning, is going to try to block Donald's uh, deal with the taxes now. Oh yeah, him and uh, him and that other uh, idiot, Mitch McConnell. Yeah, that's right. Let's you know, and I I. Last night, I thought, you know, maybe to make things easier on everybody, you know, because people aren't getting the education they should. We have a lot of immigrants in this country. And, well, you know, M is way down the alphabet. It's way up there and hard to find and all that. We should we should make it easier and maybe change Mitch's name and use some letter. You mean like a B? Yeah, closer to the beginning. Yeah, B there. ought to be much better, yeah. It just makes it easier for everybody. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's all. The beginning I'm, of hey, the alphabet, yeah. See, I'm trying to be multicultural here and give yeah. the immigrants a break here so that yeah. things are easier for them. Now, somebody's asked me, what is your Christmas New Year schedule? Well, let's see here. Uh, I'm looking on the uh, thing here. Uh, from what I'm seeing, uh, Christmas ends up on a Sunday. Yes. And uh, that would also be, well, New Year's. Uh, yeah, New Year's too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New Year's Eve is Saturday. So, uh, actually, there's no change. I mean, any any host that wants to do live radio... Mm-hmm. You know, Friday or Monday or you yeah, know around whatever. there, it, yeah. we're, we're on. You know, uh, mm-hmm. but you know that's this year. And and I'll tell you though, Christmas and New Year's uh, are not holidays that we 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 mess with our schedule unless the host. You know, it's always up to the host whether they yeah, want to broadcast. Yeah, up to the or not. host if he wants to do it or not. I but guess. I'm always here on Christmas and New Year's. The only the only time the only holiday that I I actually am the one that says, okay, look, uh, if you want to do something, then it'll have to be pre-recorded or I'll just run a replay. Is Thanksgiving? That's the one that I I say, I'm not broad. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not day. producing shows on Thanksgiving. What about and, and July Fourth? What about independent, so-called independent? No, no, day? it's all all on, all on. Okay, well, you're just like the stars. There's, you're open seven days a week, Frank, is what you're trying to tell us. Yeah, not Thanksgiving though. Not Thanksgiving. You know, and that's over this year, so we got some time. Before yeah, next year. yeah, we got some time. But no, that's year. the schedule, no change. Uh, uh-huh. know, we're not like the post office that yeah. you know closes early and and yeah. does this yeah. and does that. You know, so yeah. their employees have the opportunity to go out and get good and drunk. Yeah, but Satanway's going to be open on, uh, on on New Year's Eve and Christmas Eve anyway. They've already told us that. I've already looked at Satanway's uh, schedule. They've you know, already... we have we have a store here called uh, Sherm's Food for Less, and it's my favorite grocery store. Okay, I mean, yeah. and the prices, the whole thing. I love that store, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they're they're kind of like me, except on the only day of the year, and they're open twenty four seven, right? Okay, the only day of the year that they actually close is Christmas. Christmas Day. Christmas Day. Boom. And they give their employees because Sherm's feels And everybody else, every other 364, they're open. All day, all night, all uh-huh. the time. All except day, Christmas. all night, Mary Ann. You know, but uh, Sherm, yeah. Sherm, you know, figures that people should be with their families on Christmas. So, that's right. Well, you know, that's his business. That's, that's fine. He's got that right. Well, I think that's very nice. You know, I'm not a big supporter of, of Christmas. Because and neither am I. It's because I know about it. Me. Because I know about it. But if you yeah. don't know about it and you think, well, you know. It's, well, it's just uh, one you know. of the pagan holidays, just like Easter, right? Yeah. Another Easter. One. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And it's a shame, you know, because, you know, and look, hey. I'm not again, you know, you say, well, hey, you know what, it, uh, it's a day where I, uh, you know, where I celebrate Jesus' birthday. Well, 
That's fine. I mean, that's your if, prerogative. If, if Some you, of us don't. If you'd like to do that, even though I don't know, man, you know, maybe you ought to. You know, it's like, look, you should celebrate Jesus every day of your life. But if you want to do that, but you got to start thinking, Al. What if I? Okay, so you're sitting in your living room, Al. Yeah. And you hear me banging on your door. Mm-hmm. So you go to your door, you open it up, and there's me and uh, you know twenty of my friends. Yeah. And I say, hey, Al. And uh, I I push my way in, and I say, no, you're not going to push your way in. And Frank. I say, hey, I got beer here, I got food here, Al. Come on, Al, everybody in. You know, we're having a party, and Al's uh, going. Take it to your own house, Frank. Al's going. What what the heck's going on? And you take it to your own house, and I go, no, Al, I can't do that. We're here to celebrate your birthday. Not my birthday. <laughs> it's not my birthday. I don't Thank care, you. Al. And, and I hey, tell you, Frank, I don't care. I don't your care. Your birthday, Al. like mine, Frank. It's just another day of the year, Frank. As far as I'm concerned, Al, I never thought it would happen. What's that? But a few years ago, yeah, and I have taken steps to try this not to happen again because I wasn't really. I mean, I don't make a, a. You know, I don't celebrate it. I don't. I don't uh, even really think about it much. I see it. Hey, okay, another year's gone by. End of story. But a few years ago, I actually forgot my birthday. You forgot it? How could you forget your I, own I just, birthday? You know, it came and went, and it was the next day, and it's like, holy smokes. You know, and I, I really... you got other things to worry about, Frank, is what you're trying to tell us Well, here. and no, not really other things. It's just that's not something that I think it's about. It's not a big deal for you anymore. You're not three or four or five years old anymore with all your friends over and all your, you know, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah, I'm not getting any free stuff, okay? No. That's the problem. See, if I was getting free stuff on that day, yeah. I'd be looking forward to it and going, okay, man. million bucks. Yeah. All right, man. It's, by you know, Frank, yeah, you would be celebrating. Okay, 48 hours to free stuff. You know, I mean, I'd be looking for that. But, you know, now I don't get any free stuff on my birthday. So, oh, yeah. although, you know what? I got to I gotta take that back, Al. What's that? My whole life, I've never done this. But this year... Yeah. I actually, I actually scarfed up a free, uh, a free meal at Olive Garden because it was my birthday. Oh, whoop de doo! Oh no, it wasn't my birthday. It was, it was Veterans Day. Oh. I got a free meal for Veterans Day, and I also got a free meal at uh, Denny's on my birthday. Oh, that's wonderful! But guess what, Frank? Your next free meal is going to have to wait because it is break time. Wait. I can't wait for free stuff. What are you kidding me? Free stuff. <laughs> I want free stuff now. Hurry okay, up with the Frank, free stuff. Well, you're going to have to wait because right. it's still break time regardless. All right. So we'll play a song for uh, Hillary Clinton, seeing as how we talked about her a bit. Okay. Yeah, okay. What do you say? We dedicate this to uh, Hillary Clinton? Hey, why don't we be big about it and dedicate it to the whole Clinton family? The whole Clinton yeah. Bush. Yeah. The whole Clinton Bush family. Okay? Cool. All right. I'm just a nervous that I can't align 
shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Say a man is made out of mud. A poor man's made out of muscle and blood. Muscle and blood and skin and bone. A mind that's weak and a back that's strong. You load 16 tons. What do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. Say, Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company though. Picked up my shovel and I walked to the mine. I loaded 16 tons of number nine coal and somebody said, well, bless my soul. Those 16 tons. Why do you get another day older and deeper in debt? Peter, don't you call me because I can't go. 
This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Steffen. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It's Tuesday, December 13th, 2016. It's about, oh, almost 2.42 out here on the Pacific Time Coast. If that's when it is where you're at, we are, in fact, live, 800-932-1980. That's the call-in number. That'll get your voice on the air. But if you don't want that, but you'd still like to participate, you can go to the chat room, which is located at our website, theamericanvoice.com, or americanvoiceradio.com. Now, we've got a couple other addresses that you can use to get there, avrn1.com or avrn.tv. We'll get you there also. And you don't even have to participate. You can go there. You can get on the chat room. You can just socialize. You don't have to talk about what we're talking about. You don't have to do anything. You can. It's there for you, folks. That's what the chat room is there for. I mean, I enjoy it, but it's really there for you. Anywho, uh, let's see here. The first song there was dedicated to the uh, Clinton-Bush uh, crime family, and particularly Hillary, because, you know, it's my feeling that all these emails and uh, election stuff have kind of obscured the fact that, you know, her group is a bunch of psycho killers. You know, we 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 don't want to forget that, see, because these people are psychopaths. And then the second one there, that was from, um, that was actually Eric Burden, and it's from uh, the soundtrack from the movie, uh, one of my favorite movies, Joe versus the Volcano. It's Tom Hanks movie that really didn't get a lot of, uh, you know, he's won a lot of awards and all that for all kinds of stuff. Uh, and he didn't really get anything for that, but I really enjoyed that movie. I, I saw it like when I was in Hilo, Hawaii. That's where I watched it at the movie theater, and I went and I and I paid to see it like four times. I just liked the movie. Anyhow, company store, boy, oh boy, things. Uh, the more things change, the more things stay the same, eh? Anyhow, it is Tuesday. We got Al here from Colorado for the lightning round. Yeah, to I think on. O'Donnell has lost his mind. Why is he giving Kanye West, that piece of garbage, foul-mouthed rapper, 15 minutes of FaceTime? Well, you know, Kane is having a, uh, you know. Oh, Kanye? Oh, whatever. Yeezy man. or whatever they call this piece of garbage. I don't yeah. care what they call him. The Cartrashians. What's he doing with the Cartrashians? Well, Probably whatever he wants, but... I don't know. know, I I think he's lost some of his marbles already, Donald. Well, 
he just you know he just got out of the a mental institute, didn't he? That he yeah, oh, I mean, oh, isn't wait, that a little wait, uh, weird? Hospital. Yeah, the guy's been in the nut house. He's been under observation for what two weeks, and all of a sudden he's talking to the president elect. Yeah. Yeah, give me a break, Frank. Well, you know, I mean, the thing is, look, look, whether we like it or not, you know, everybody was all hip about Donald Trump's not a politician. Donald Trump's not a politician. Well, Donald Trump may not be a politician, but he is. He sure will be by the time he leaves. He is an entertainer. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that, you know, I think Kanan or whatever his name is has absolutely no talent. He is delusional, and he he's a foul mouth. Do you ever hear some of his? You ever hear some of his lyrics? My God, you wouldn't want your kid listening to that. Well, you know, I, I don't. Yay, the guy's got. He sells a lot of records to somebody likes that. Crap. Yeah, to so, the you black know, community. You know, they, 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 if he they doesn't sell them to the white community, Frankie. He sells oh, them to the black community. Oh, you you better renegotiate that in your head. Take a trip down you to mean Walmart. There's dumb white people who pay for that trash. Go take a trip down to Walmart and sit in the parking lot for an hour. And are you're, you telling me that stupid oh, white people are yeah. buying that trash? You're going to see. You're going to see piles of white kids. Uh, coming listening the, to that garbage. coming into the parking lot, blaring that crap from mommy and daddy's oh, car. Oh man, yeah, Frank, this country you. is over with. Then, Frank, admit it. Oh, I, you know what? I'm not going to get on the bandwagon of uh, how long your hair is or what kind of music you listen to. Oh. My parents, you know what? My parents didn't appreciate my taste in music either, and they didn't appreciate the where I, the way I wanted well, to you dress know what, Frank, or the, the way I wanted to wear my to hair. Rock and roll, but it wasn't this garbage coming out of people's mouths, though, Frank. Well, oh yeah, but my parents thought it was garbage all the same. You know what? Kids are kids, and they're gonna. They go through these things. They gotta learn. My problem with kids, okay, is not. I don't care if they color their hair, grow it down to the ground, uh, dress in rags, uh, oh, wear man. their pants around their ankles, or listen to rap music or whatever. They'll grow out of it. The I thing is, so. I think there really ought to be some strict regulations against allowing anyone under the age of twenty-one, just like you know, just like drinking. Yeah. To get a tattoo. Oh. Because you know what? That's permanent. I see these women. Uh, Frank, you know what's worse than that? The piercing with the nose and the ears and the tongue and the God knows what. Well, the thing about piercing. I want to piercing, talk about getting sick. Well, the thing about piercing, I'm not for that either. Oh, but I mean, man. That, it's just disgusting. The thing about it is you can pierce something and then decide I'm not doing that anymore. And that hole will yeah, fill up. Yeah, but most of them keep it in, Frank. I they know. don't take it out that, is what that, I'm saying. That hole will fill up. Okay, but yeah. the thing is, the tattoo ain't going away. It ain't filling in. Uh, it's you gonna can be get there. it removed. It's painful, but they can be removed. Yeah, and and what then? You've got this patch of scar tissue. Great. Well, if you want to be stupid, I guess you're allowed to be. Frank, there's no law against stupidity. Well, now, the is thing there, is, Frank? the thing is, you know what? We do have laws. Children are not allowed to make contracts. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, when you walk into a store and you say, uh, listen, I'll give you money if you'll do this for me, is a contract, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, children should not be allowed to go get tattoos. And if their parents allow them to, they should be arrested. And uh, the 20, same with the piercing, too, you know Frank, what? as far as yeah, I'm Okay, I'd add that in there, too. 21 years old, man, when you come to your senses when you're 21, 
Uh, you still want to go out and do it? Fine. Hey, how go many ahead. kids under the age of 21 are, are smoking still, Frank? Whatever, whether it's weed or, or tobacco, they are smoking, Frank, under the age. Well, yeah, but you know what? Uh, and you mentioned weed, but the fact is uh, studies are coming in from your state, as a matter of fact, Colorado, that since they legalized weed, less teenagers are actually smoking marijuana now because, see... Back in the, you know, back before it was legal, you go down on the street corner. Well, everybody thought it was cool because it was illegal. Well, and plus, you know, you go down on the street corner and you look up Julio and say, hey, Julio, you know, give me some weed, and, and you do, and now... He charges a fortune for Well, it. Julio's kind of out of business because, hey, everybody... It's legal now. Everybody can just go to the store and buy weed, and now Julio, you know, he ain't making any money, so he's not doing this anymore. Well, you still got to be... I'm pretty sure the state of Colorado says you still got to be 21 to buy it, though. Well, hello, this is why teenagers aren't smoking as much weed as they were before it was legal, <laughs> because, you know, it's like... Well, then you, you know, know what? They'll get it off the street. They don't care. There's a black market for everything, Frank. Well, of course, but black market stuff always costs more. Yeah. Well, okay. Teenagers, you know, they're like, well, gosh, you know, uh, what do I want to spend this on? Do I want to spend it on my iPad or do I want to spend it on weed? Well, they're going with the iPad, Pally. Or, hey, do I want to buy it a game? Oh, yeah, i got to have a computer game or a uh, PlayStation game. Yeah, I need game this more than I need my weed, right? Yeah, yeah, they do, because I'm telling you, man, these video games are like a drug for a lot of these kids. Ugh. Oh, man, they're, they're just, you know. Hey, you know what? Colorado, in the first ten months, made as much money as Hillary spent on her campaign. Can you believe that? The first ten months of this year, Colorado... <laughs> There was sold, excuse me, what, not the taxes, but the amount of uh, of weed sold, 1.2 with a B. That's uh-huh. a lot for one state, Frank. That's a lot of weed. Oh, Frank. don't worry, Al. Your state will find a way to piss it all away, just oh, like yes, Oregon they will. does. Oh, just, yes, they will. Just like Oregon does. They've already found ways to piss it all away. You know. Oh, by and, the way, did they ever finally get those libraries built that they said no? Remember you told me about the library? Oh, they, oh they had no problem building the libraries. See, they, everybody's – look, most people like libraries. And they go, well, look, we got this old little library, which is true, and and we want to build a bigger library. And everybody said, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do that. Let's fund that. So okay. they built it, right? Yeah. We everybody said, okay. They voted and they said, yeah, okay. You can charge us a little more on taxes, and we'll build this library. So they built the library, and then they went and they and they remodeled all the libraries in the in the whole county, which is great. And then they said, oh. Gee golly, you know, we're going to have to shut down these brand new libraries because we don't have the money to maintain them. We're going to have to raise your taxes again. So how's about you vote for that? Yeah. And everybody said, yeah, how's about you stick it up your behind because we're yeah, not giving good. you any more money. Yeah. And they said, well, we'll close down the, uh, you know, okay. So what they did was they said, all right, we're we're cutting the, the, the hours down and we're doing this and we're doing that. And, uh, and then they came back and they said, how about voting again? You know, they figured now they strong-armed everybody and everybody yeah. said, still stuff it. Yeah, and that then, was the end of that. And then, miraculously, as a matter of fact... found the money for it. Just last week, I was going down, uh, well, it's not really Main Street, it's uh, 
Central Avenue, which is well, kind one of, of the main drag. It's thing. kind of Main Street in in uh, Main Street's not really Main Street anymore. Central Avenue is, and uh, that's where the library is. So I'm driving past the library, and they got a big sign out there saying, "Hey, library now open 40 hours a week." So somehow they found the money to be Yeah, well, they found something somewhere. Isn't that amazing? Just like they found Hitler's 20,000 extra votes that they didn't forget. The, forgot hey, the... I, I got an idea. You know, all that money they're making from all those weed sales, they could uh, keep the uh, library open 24-7. Yes, they could. Yeah, but they won't, Al, because they no, got other... No, it's going to go in somebody's pocket, Frank. You know hey, that. Hey, you want to hear something? You remember this guy, Al? I don't, you probably don't remember his name. Chris... Uh, Suprun. He is an anti-Trump faithless elector. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he's the Republican that's... Oh, baby, baby. All right, well, guess what? Oh, and, these are the guys that are threatening to vote for Hillary instead. Yeah, he's he's the one from Texas, remember? Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, vaguely, yeah. Oh, yeah, he he did this big op-ed in the newspaper. Yeah, and yeah, oh, big boy. deal. Who cares? Oh, well... Anti-Trump Texas faithless elector Stephen Christopher Chris Supran, who wrote a widely shared op-ed in the New York Times about his decision, joined and paid for cheating website Ashley Madison in 2012 using the same address registered to his 9-11 charity while he was bankrupt, likely unemployed, and married with three young kids. Why after, isn't this guy in jail? After he and his working wife, you hearing this? Working wife? Yeah. While he's bankrupt and unemployed? Yeah. After he and his working wife owed over $200,000 to multiple creditors. And that's just the start of it. Well, why is this guy even being a, even allowed to be an elector, for crying out loud? Well, this is what I've been saying all along, man. These electors are not good people. No. They are political insiders, party hacks, who this basically guy have... This sounds like a criminal to me, Frank. Well, they bribed their way into the position of elector. Okay, this what, is how they... Think they he's gonna get, does he think he's going to get paid for this? No. Well, maybe. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe they are going to pay him you know, to vote I bet for you, Hillary. I bet you Soros would pay him, wouldn't he? Oh, I guarantee you, Georgie Porgy would pay him to vote for Hitler. Absolutely. With these people, see, status and position is a way for uh, access to people in power who can make you money and stuff, okay? Yeah. These, these you know, anyway... Uh, Somebody was researching into uh, Supran's bizarre and unexplained flip-flop against President-elect Donald J. Trump. Turned up Ashley Madison data, damning bankruptcy records in a series of P.O. boxes and what appears to be an association with a payday loan scam site. Oh, boy, this guy ought to be in jail, it sounds like to me. Yeah. Since turning against the decision of the people of Texas to elect Trump, Supran also became a client of a social justice media strategy. Oh, here's that social justice garbage now. Yeah. You're tired of that garbage. Social justice media strategy PR firm run by left-wing CNN commentator Van Jones. Oh, another good commie boy. Oh, my gosh. What's going on here? Uh, uh, you know, this is the... These are the kind of people, okay? These are the kind of people that get... In the Electoral College. Oh, brother. Oh, brother. Oh, brother. That's all I can say. No, I'm not saying they're all like this. I'm oh, just no. Saying, A good you know. portion of them are, though, probably. Well, they've all, I, I think, 
look, I know one thing. They all are party insiders. Well, let's put it this way, Frank. Next Monday is going to be a very interesting day in the history of this country. Next Monday. You know, and people need to start looking at not just individuals like this guy. They need to start looking at their state party. Because that's who's to blame for this guy even being an elector. Who picked him? How did he get there? Didn't anybody do any research at the... At the uh, I don't think you know? so. I think you get to sign up and nobody does a background check. You don't get vetted. Oh, you don't get signed up. Okay, you got to know... You got to oh, know it's who you people. know, Frank. It not is. what you know, it's who you know. That's right, and who you uh, you know yeah. can well, be of value system. to. Frank, there's no such thing as clean politics. The word clean and politics are mutually exclusive uh, 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 terms. Well, and it just goes to show what kind of character you have with people who will take on a job and then say, no, I'm doing something different. Well, let's look at it this way, Frank. The crybabies are still crying a month and a half after the election, okay, roughly roughly uh, five, six weeks after the election. They're going to continue to cry that piece of garbage Michael Moore is going to D.C. and he's going to violently disrupt the inauguration. I hope they shoot him. Well, you know, I mean... Michael Moore is a piece of garbage, and he'd be better off fed to the pigs. Wait a minute. When you say violently, what do you mean? He is calling for a violent disruption of the inauguration. That sounds like a riot to me. Well, then what do you do with people... We talked about this last week, didn't we, Frank? Well, think he needs to go to jail? Well, look, free speech... I'm a big supporter of free speech. But yeah, you, but when you advocate violence to disrupt something, well, but Frank, there, are, there are statutes against inciting a riot. You know, well, then uh, they need to they need to prosecute him for I it mean, because he's you know, come out and said it already. Look, you're not allowed to run into a movie theater that is not on fire and start and yell screaming fire. fire. No, you're not allowed to yell fire in a movie theater if there's no fire. And you're not allowed to incite riots. You know, and that's, I mean, look, if you, look, if he said, hey, we need to get our signs and we need to line the way. No, it's and we more need than his signs, Frank. I know, he, but I'm saying. He if wants he to rent a mob. Well, let's put it this way. When I say violence, I don't mean shooting and murdering people, but I mean, you know, fisticuffs. Well, yeah. Bashing people. Well, violence is violence. You don't have to bring guns to have a riot. That's true. You know, the thing is, if he was saying, look, let's bring our signs. Let's line the way. Let's show them how unhappy we are. I'd That's say right. good for you. There's a difference between peaceful and violent protest. A you big know. difference. Good for you. Good for you. You know, you're not happy. Let everybody know. That that's fine, what you fine. should do. It's not going to change anything. But if you want to do what he's, if he wants to do what he's saying, what that amounts to me is okay. So you want to really have a war with us? Meaning the people that do support. A change from well, Obama? I'll tell you one thing right now. He's in for a big surprise because there's a lot of people who are going to make sure that he doesn't get his wish. Well, and I don't think... Or they're going to take matters into their own hands. It's going to turn ugly fast. And, you know, hey, this isn't the first time, okay? I mean, look... Hey, the decider had people throwing garbage at him. That's right. And, and, you know, it was deserved, I think. But, I mean, you know... Well, the decider stole two elections, too, didn't he, the decider? Well, yeah, and he did a lot of other things, too. And the second election was when he he really... They they really pelted him with garbage. And and, and the second one? And the second inauguration? And the one with Gore, you know, the first one where... You know, there were the Florida shenanigans, and 
Oh know? yeah, where the where the nine dummies in black dresses got their nose in where they had no business doing it. Yeah, you know. But what we see here mm-hmm. is every time there's a violent, nasty clash, it's always the Republicans won and the Democrats are raising hell. When, you never see the Republicans causing the problem. You it's think, the Democrats. You think win, the right? Republicans? I wasn't happy when Obama got elected. It, Neither was I, but I didn't see anybody. I no. didn't see any of the Republicans screaming over Obama. At least, you know, the, look, the first time I really didn't care because, you know, I mean. You mean the one in 08, you mean? Yeah, because the choice was like, are you kidding me? I mean, well, we didn't have a choice in either one of them. I mean, who so else you know, no. How much, uh, for one, how much worse can he be than George Bush? As, is what I thought. Mm-hmm. And for second, it's like, who was it the first time? Was it McShame? Uh, was Mittens? No, the second time was Mittens. Okay, the first time was McShame, right? Yeah, well, he was worthless, too, at that time, too, McShame. I would never vote for that I man. wouldn't have voted for either one, and I didn't. You know, so the thing was, it's like, I was looking at the first election of Obama. Oh, well, you know, I there's no way I want McShame in there. And, well, gee, at least he's not George Bush. Not uh, yet. Well, okay, you found so, out differently, though, after the first four years. You know, and though, I'm like, you? okay, so fine. You know, what do I care? I don't care if he's black. Yeah, by the time 12 came around, though, Frank, you were singing a different tune, though, weren't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, of course. He had four years <laughs> Most of, people of the show were singing he was a different a liar. Tune. Uh, you know, he lied about everything he said, you know. And the well, thing what was, else is like, no? You know, they all lie. But, you know, I remember back then, I really, I, I didn't support Obama, but I wasn't opposed to him because... I was opposed to McShame, and I was uh, so sick of I'll tell you, the shame, the shame of 12 was that Dr. Ron, if he would have gotten in there, he would have cleaned Obama's clock is what he would have done. No yeah. question in my mind about it. But then again, you know, you look at Ron Paul. That's what I say, Dr. Ron. And, and, and Ron Paul, you know, when he sticks to talking about monetary policy, he's really, really worth listening to. And, and paying attention to, and even taking notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of his policies, not so much. No, you didn't much. care for the rest of his uh, program, is it? Yeah, then? well, you know, the open policy, the open border policy. I'm sorry, kind of sets me like no. Oh, did no, he? Was he, no. he was for open borders, Doctor. Yes, Ron? he was. And oh, that, well, that the, that disqualifies him oh, right there. Oh, but don't worry. He came out and said, "Oh, yeah, well, uh, now that I'm actually running for president." Uh, I'm not yeah, for well, he that. changed his tune. Real I'm not quick. for that anymore. Yeah, but then well, when he yeah, stopped, they all changed their tune. But real now, fast. now that he, you know, when he stopped running for president, he was back to that again. Oh well, then, then you know what? Then he's worse than a politician. Then. Well, he is a politician. I mean, he has well, what are you going to do? Years. I but don't know what else is, to tell you, Frank. I, and I'm not critic. I'm not so much on his policy thing. But if he did get in there, his personality. Okay, we look at Donald Trump. Now this this is a wrecking ball. Okay. Yeah, we're out of time, Frank. I hate to tell you. Holy smokes, we are. You know, you you were glad I looked at it. You were supposed to be watching the clock. That's my fault. Okay, (laughs) I'm blaming you. It might it might not be your fault, but I'm blaming you anyway. Well, whatever. You got plenty of commercials coming up. We'll see you next Tuesday. See you next week. Thanks for being on, folks. Gotta go. Thanks for listening. Remember, AVRN two. The two streams there, down for an hour. They'll be back probably before an hour. Don't worry. Everything's fine. Just got to do some maintenance. Anyway, thanks for listening.
political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body function. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Welcome to America Betrayed. I'm your host, John Clark. Um, this is my second show of being back after being off for a number of years uh, due to health reasons. Uh, last week, the uh, first show, I exposed the truth about the uh, killing of Jimmy Hoffa, uh, who killed him, and also what they did with his body. The man who killed him was uh, John Zarello, and they they ground them up on a pig farm up in northern Michigan, and then the pigs ate them. So if you had Farmer John sausage any time around that time, then lots of luck. Uh, in uh, future shows, I'm going to be discussing um, uh, the murders, assassinations, killings of Marilyn Monroe, uh, D.B. Cooper, uh, Martin Luther King, uh, JFK, RFK, JFK Jr., and my old buddy Ted Gunderson. And by the way, Marilyn Monroe 
uh, was my cousin, so I really have a vested interest in that one. Uh, if you want to uh, see uh, promos of the show, go to nationalwriterssyndicate.com. Uh, you can also uh, access uh, articles that I've re- uh, written there. Uh, you're probably wondering, uh, how do I get all this information or have this information? I did work in Congress for a number of years as a congressional liaison, also as an investigative reporter, and also a documentary filmmaker uh, for many years. I did approximately uh, 10 film or Ten films over a period of years, primarily uh, with um, illegal immigration. So uh, tonight's show, uh, we're going to get into on the second half. Uh, it'll be uh, somebody I worked with in Congress uh, who I really admired. He's one of the true patriots who had no hidden agenda, who really cared about this country, and uh, he was uh, murdered, assassinated. Uh, because he's going to spill the beans uh, when he got back to Washington, D.C. And I'm talking about uh, Congressman Sonny Bono. Uh, you'll hear the truth about what happened to him, and also uh, the FBI agent who exposed it, who gave me the information, was also assassinated after that uh, for being a whistleblower. So we're going to get into that uh, tonight. I hope you enjoy it. And don't forget, go to National Writer Syndicate. This is www.theamericanvoice.com. I hope you uh, listen to other shows on here, and um, you're going to get uh, the straight dope on this show. I'm um, at the point now where uh, my age, you know, what more can they do to me? Um, tonight's show, I also want to dedicate some uh, music uh, to some very good friends. And at my age, if you have one friend when uh, you're my age, uh, you're pretty lucky. I'm fortunate to have a few very good friends uh, some friends I've known for over 50 years uh, who have, they're still there with me, so they must uh, like something. So uh, I want to uh, dedicate these songs to uh, Stephen and Debbie, and also my good friend Joanne, and my friend Jimmy and uh, Randy, uh, who've been with me for a long, long time, and I really appreciate it. Last week I dedicated the show to uh, my friend Papa Ralph who unfortunately was uh, uh, killed in a, a motorcycle accident on his way to Sturgis. He was another friend for over 50 years. But again, to Stephen and Debbie, Joanne, Jimmy, and Randy. But right now, I want to get into uh, the top 10 reasons that I have for uh, the whole world thinking that we are really stupid and really screwed up. And I'm going to start with number 10. Uh, only in America could politicians talk about the greed of the rich at a $35,000 per plate Obama campaign fundraising event. Number nine, only in America could people claim that the government still discriminates against black Americans when they have a black president, a black attorney general, and roughly 20% of the federal workforce is black, while only 14% of the population is black. 40% of all federal entitlements goes to black Americans, three times the rate to go to whites, five times the rate to go to Hispanics. Number eight, only in America could they have had the two people most responsible for our tax code, Timothy Gaither, the head of the Treasury Department, Gaither, and Charles Rangel, who once ran the Ways and Means Committee. Both turned out to be tax cheats or in favor of higher taxes. Number seven, only in America can they have terrorists kill people in the name of Allah and have the media primarily react by fretting that Muslims might be harmed by the backlash. Only in America would they make people who want to 
legally become American citizens, wait for years in their home countries and pay tens of thousands of dollars for the privilege while they discuss letting anyone who sneaks into the country illegally just magically become American citizens probably should be number one. Only in America could the people who believe in balancing the budget and sticking by the country's constitution be called extremists. I'm one of those. Number four, only in America could you need to present a driver's license to cash a check or buy alcohol, but not to vote. Number three, only in America could people demand the government investigate whether oil companies are gouging the public because the price of gas went up when the return on equity invested in a major U.S. oil company. Marathon Oil is less than half of a company making tennis shoes, Nike. Number two, only in America could you collect more tax dollars from the people than any nation in recorded history, still spend a trillion dollars more than it has per year for total spending of $7 million per minute, $7 per minute, and complain that it doesn't have nearly enough money, $7 million, excuse me, $7 million per minute. Number one, only in America could the rich people who pay 86% of all income taxes be accused of not paying their fair share by people who don't pay any tax income taxes at all. Only in America do you have to pass a drug test, get a paycheck, get any crackhead, can get their welfare check, no questions asked. That's simply outrageous. In this country now, to be a corrupt, corrupt is not illegal. In fact, it's uh, really an advantage to uh, take a, uh, this uh, slimeball Hillary Clinton. Uh, absolutely incredible. This criminal should be in prison, locked up, uh, keys thrown away. Uh, the Bush-Clinton crime families have controlled the White House for the last 44 years. Now, going back to the JFK assassination, which we will get into in uh, future uh, shows, uh, we'll get into that about George Bush and his involvement, and also uh, Ted Cruz's uh, father, uh, which I think you'll find very interesting. Um, also, I, I just want to add a little levity to it. Uh, I uh, get a little heavy, but I want to add a little levity uh, on this. This is um, a, a southern joke, a southern humor. Uh, a large jet plane crashed on a farm in the middle of rural South Carolina. Panic-stricken, the local sheriff mobilized and descended on the farm in force. By the time they got there, the aircraft was totally destroyed with only a burned hull left smoldering in a tree line that bordered the farm. The sheriff and his men entered the smoky mess, but could find no remains of anyone. They spotted the farmer plowing the field not too far away, as if nothing had happened. They hurried over to the man's tractor. Hank, the sheriff yelled, panting and out of breath, did you see this terrible accident happen? Yep, sure did, the farmer mumbled, unconcerned, cutting off the tractor's engine. Do you realize that is Air Force One, the airplane of the President of the United States? Yep. Were there any survivors? Nope. They all killed straight out, the farmer answered. I done buried them all myself. Took me most of the morning. President Obama is dead, the sheriff asked. Well, the farmer grumbled, restarting his tractor. He kept saying he wasn't, but you know how that some bitch lies. Uh, one thing I uh, uh, read uh, last week on, on the show, and I think it needs to be repeated because it really is, uh, it, it puts us in a nutshell of what's happened to our country uh, for the you people that listened to the show last week, I hope you don't mind, but there are people joining us tonight who probably haven't heard this, but I think it, like I said, it really uh, sums it up of what's happened to our country. Uh, time is like a river. You cannot touch the water twice because the flow that has passed will never pass again. America will not come back. The American dream ended on November 6, 2012 in Ohio. 
The second term of Barack Obama has been the final nail in the coffin for the legacy of the white Christian males who discovered, explored, pioneered, settled, and developed the greatest republic in the history of mankind. A coalition of blacks, Latinos, feminists, government workers, union members, environmental extremists, the media, Hollywood, uninformed young people, the forever needy, the chronically unemployed, illegal aliens, and other fellow travelers that ended Norman Rockwell's America. We will never again outvote these people. It will take individual acts of defiance and massive displays of civil disobedience to get back the rights we have allowed them to take away. It will take zealots, not moderates, and shy, not reach across the aisle rhinos to right this ship and restore our beloved country to its former status. People like me are completely politically irrelevant, and I will probably never again be able to legally comment or concern myself with the aforementioned coalition, which has surrendered our culture, our heritage, and our traditions without a shot being fired. The Cocker Spaniel is off the front porch. The pit bull is in the backyard. The American Constitution has been replaced with Saul Alinsky's rules for radicals. And the likes of Chicago shyster David Axelrod, along with international socialist George Soros, have been pulling the strings on, their, on this country. The curtain will come down, but the damage has been done. The story has been told. Those who come after us will once again have to risk their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to bring back the republic that this generation has timidly flitted away due to white guilt and political correctness. I think that pretty much sums it up. I mean, like I said, uh, uh, corrupt is no longer illegal. Uh, we have um, uh, a problem with this Muslim uh, homo in the White House, and um, it, it's just incredible that he's still there. Uh, he's destroyed our military uh, right now. Uh, you know, Russia, uh, according to some of our generals, could take out NATO within uh, 30 to 60 hours. Uh, they just uh, did a demonstration. I saw a video of it where two SU-24s, Sukhois, uh, these are Russian uh, fighters, two-man fighters, uh, electronics warfare. Uh, they buzzed our, one of our uh, destroyers. Uh, they saw them on their radar coming at them, uh, you know, miles away. But then all of a sudden, all their screens and everything went blank. Uh, they couldn't operate anything. The two fighters made passes at them, like uh, practice runs of strafing them. And uh, they shut down all of their equipment. Uh, some of the sailors on that ship have resigned from the Navy. They said, well, we're not going to stay and be uh, sitting ducks. So, uh, and also, uh, Putin has made a statement that if Hillary becomes president, he'll destroy the United States. Now, we are in, in a situation that I never, ever, ever thought that we'd ever be in, ever. I mean, I got involved with illegal immigration uh, many year, uh, years ago in about 1993 with uh, uh, great patriot Barbara Coe. We started Proposition 187. Uh, that was a proposition that would end benefits to illegal aliens, and, and they are illegal aliens. Uh, at that time, I couldn't figure out how, why illegals were getting all these benefits. And uh, my parents uh, worked all their lives, had to pay for their medical and everything. They were getting free medical and er everything else. And so I got involved. Uh, and I, at that time, I did not know what a liberal was. And I found out uh, real quick. I was producing concerts at the time. And uh, I thought a lot of these people were just eccentric. Well, I found out that you know, they were liberals. I, ju I just don't understand it. But we did get involved. And uh, I uh, found out that uh, 
the, the doctors who were fighting us, uh, the, uh, the school teachers were fighting us. Uh, the reason for the school teachers fighting us because they get more money for uh, bilingual education, more funding, uh, fill the seats. Uh, the unions were fighting us because all they care about is dues payers. Uh, the AFL-CIO, in fact, one of my documentaries, I uh, filmed the AFL-CIO at the uh, uh, Liberty State Park where the Statue of Liberty is. They put in all these illegals, uh, thousands of them, uh, bought them in by busloads, kept all American citizens out of the park while they had this uh, big party. I went there as media, filmed it, and that's one of my uh, documentary films, uh, America Labor Betrayed is the name of it, is, is on YouTube. Check it out. I think it'll, it might make you... Uh, uh, sick, I hope, anyway. But, uh, you know, the Communist Party, the Catholic Church, Catholic Charities receives over a billion dollars a year, annually, annually a year, for refugee resettlement. So they have a vested interest. There's just so much money involved. I mean, if Donald Trump is legitimate, if he is legitimate and not a shill, then he's the only one you can vote for. But I just can't see him going up these horses. I mean, he may have $10 billion. Maybe he doesn't. But even if he did, he's going against trillions of dollars. Their wrath trials, the Catholic Church, the unions, uh, the drug cartels, over a billion dollars, $20 billion a year, uh, you know, going across that Mexican border, you know, to build the wall. Something has to be done. I, I, I myself fought for many years, 25 years, Barbara Coe, who passed away, uh, Terry Anderson, who's uh, passed away, he also uh, fought for uh, many years to try to stop this invasion of our country. Something has to be done. People have to wake up and say, enough. I mean, it's just amazing that we have this woman, and I, and I use that term loosely, woman, uh, you know, Hillary, uh, running for president of the United States, uh, the Bush-Clinton crime families are, are just uh, incredible. And we're going to be talking about it in the second half of the hour, how Sonny Bono was going to expose a lot of that, and that's why they uh, killed him. And he was, like I said, a very good guy. There were only two congressmen that I worked with that, that I really felt that really cared about this country. Sonny was one, and Jim Trafficant was the other. Jim Trafficant has now passed away also. I don't know if it was foul play or not, but his tractor fell over on him on his farm. So who knows? Uh, supposedly uh, five or six people now are dead, connected with the uh, DNC and also uh, Hillary Clinton. So here, here we go again. These are evil, evil people. And uh, they're, they're using uh, uh, the minorities, the blacks, the illegals, uh, and, that, and that's all they do. The Democrats use them at one time. Uh, the, the Democrats uh, were in the South uh, because that's where the KKK was. Uh, but then um, the DNC, the, the, the Democrats, started giving free money uh, to the blacks, so they went with the Democrats, and, and the South became pretty much uh, Republican. Um, Lyndon Johnson started off by destroying the blacks by giving them uh, welfare. Hey, here's some free money, uh, but there was a stipulation uh, you can't have a man in the house. That destroyed the black family, and that's what we're getting right now, black thugs. Uh, we don't have uh, the black people who are decent, uh, God-fearing uh, American citizens, not African-Americans, but uh, uh, great people. And uh, most 
Mexicans that I know, legal Mexicans of Mexican heritage, are really upset that illegal immigration is uh, getting away. Illegal aliens are getting away with it because it gives them a bad name. Uh, everybody thinks that all Mexicans are like that. They're not. They're good, hardworking, decent people. Uh, we just, I just finished shooting a film with a good very friend of mine and that we shot in Mexico and also California about the water crisis called uh, Water the New Gold. Uh, and the Mexican government bent over backwards for us uh, to try to help us. He even had the Mexican military assisting us in the, in the Sonoran Desert. Um, but uh, somebody in our government uh, threatened us and said if we continued uh, the investigation, it would be the end. And it is a very serious problem. It's even more serious than I realized when we first got involved shooting this film, uh, that the Colorado River will probably dry up in about two years, uh, which will affect about 40 million people uh, directly. That's not including the rest of the country. The aqua, there's no aquifer in the San Joaquin Valley. The valley is sinking two feet a year. Uh, people thought the El Nino would help. All they did was hurt, and we said that in our film. Uh, it would all do was have the grasses and, and weeds grow higher, which they have, and now you're seeing the end result, which is a huge uh, fires. It, it is a major catastrophe. People are selling their houses uh, in the San Diego area. On one corner that we filmed, there were 27 for sale signs uh, in this one uh, street. So uh, we were, we're heading for uh, a huge... Um, uh, Armageddon here, I think, unless God steps in. Uh, now, it, it's pretty bleak, and I sure hope that uh, uh, Trump is legit, and I sure hope that uh, he knows what he's uh, facing, because we tried for many, many years uh, to attempt what uh, he says he can do. Let's hope in God's speed that he can. And if he isn't uh, legit, then uh, we're toast. Um then the, the savages will take over. Obama's bringing in all the uh, Muslims into this country, and uh, they're flooding across the Mexican border. We'll be talking to Rattlesnake Ray, uh, my co-host. He's been my co-host for many years. He's a rancher down in the Arizona border. Uh, we'll be getting an update on that. Uh, he's been living down there. Uh, he's he's a cowboy. He He's a real cowboy, not a uh, movie star cowboy. So we'll be joining Ray. And again, this is uh, www.theamericanvoice. Uh, go to National Writers Syndicate uh, to see a promo for each show for each week. There's an article there about my cousin Marilyn Monroe. Uh, read that article because I'll be getting into her uh, killing uh, probably next week. And uh, I'm going to be playing some songs. I'm really dedicating the uh, uh, first uh couple of songs to my friends, uh, Stephen and Debbie, and I hope they enjoy them, and uh, I'll see you right after the break. Darling, you. Darling, 
go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. to Michelle Obama. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, again, for my friends, uh, Stephen and Debbie, I hope you appreciated those songs. That's from our era. Hope you uh, uh, enjoyed the songs. Uh, we're going to be going down joining Rattlesnake Ray here shortly. Uh, Rattlesnake Ray, I met uh, uh, back about year 2000. I went down to f- uh, do a documentary film in Arizona on the drug cartels assisting uh, the drug smugglers uh, down in um uh, uh, not the drug cartels, but assisting uh, the illegal aliens and, and so on. And uh, it was pretty hairy uh, uh, down there. I couldn't understand how he could live so close to the border. He only lived a mile from the, uh, not even a mile from the uh, the uh, uh, fence, the fence there. So uh, we're going to be joining him right now. We're going to go down the border and see what's going on. And uh, uh, Rattlesnake Ray, let's go down to the border and check with him right now. Sounds like same old, same old. It's been going on for years, huh? Still the same thing? Hey, for sure, John. I'll tell you what, that uh, that Speedy Gonzalez there, the, the, 
at certain times it sounds like that. Things can get a little bit uh, wild west down here, close to the Mexican border. And you saying, you know, he didn't know how I could live down there. Well, I lived down there with uh, dogs and and a lot of high-powered rifles and a rifle in every room and a pistol on my hip the majority all the time, John. So that's how uh, time was, you know, it was almost kind of pathetic that I had to live that way in the United States of America. But uh, like the uh, cartels, you just tell everybody down there, the Americans might own this border in the daytime, but we own it at night. Yeah, that, that's, absolutely, that's absolutely true, Ray. I remember when I first went down there, I interviewed a uh, lady for my film in uh, Tombstone, uh, uh, a store owner there. And she said, why is our government allowing this? Uh, they, they, they couldn't believe that. And then I found out that uh, these uh, illegals were coming across the border, uh, mutilating cows, cutting uh, chunks of meat out of the uh, cows, leaving them there dead, uh, ruining their water pumps, and, and just, uh, just uh, really uh, uh, obscene uh, what's going on. Uh, and like I said, I've, I've been down there at night. Uh, I Like I said, I, I, it's pitch black down there. I, you, you have to have, you know what, uh, uh, really be, um, I don't know, I, I, I don't think I could do it. I don't think too many people could. I have to give you a lot of credit for that. Uh, Ray, on this uh, second half hour, I know I, I talked about it um, a little bit when I had the show before before I uh, 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 took off, uh, but uh, we're going to be talking about Sonny Bono uh, because he was one of the good guys in, in Congress. Now, Sonny... Uh, before he left uh, Washington, D.C. to go uh, skiing, uh, he received uh, two reports, uh, one from John Carmen. John Carmen was uh, Secret Service Customs, who worked uh, the uh, Mexican border. He sent Sonny a report of how many planes he was told not to inspect at the border, uh, DEA, CIA, uh, military planes, because they're all loaded down with drugs. Uh, the other report was sent by Bob Fletcher, an investigator who sent Sonny reported 17 top government officials involved in drug smuggling and arms dealing. And uh, Sonny read these reports. He went through the roof. He couldn't believe it. Now, he he did not have subpoena powers when he left, but when he got back to Washington, he was going to be appointed to the Intelligence Committee with subpoena powers, and he told the wrong people who he was going to subpoena. So uh, they grabbed him up there on the slope now. I found this information out uh, from Ted Gunderson. Ted uh, used to be head of the FBI office in Los Angeles. I knew Ted in Washington. I had him on, had him on my show one night, and uh, I said, Ted, I don't believe uh, this was a uh, accident. Uh, I think I thought it was the Mexican uh, drug cartels that did him in. Um, he said, no, it wasn't. And... Uh, he told me exactly who it was that did the investigation, and I talked to him. I found out that the autopsy report was never released to the public. Uh, I've seen the autopsy report, and a five-year-old could figure out that uh, it, it was not a, a skiing accident. First off, his body was found 120 feet inside the tree line, number one. He was an expert skier. Uh, he had no brain contusions, no spinal cord injuries, no neck injuries, uh, no bark on his face. His ski poles were still attached. His skis were still attached. And on the back of his parka, his parka was torn or ripped, and blood had dripped onto his back, but there was no injury to his back. And I came to the same conclusion the investigator did, and that was that Sonny headbutted somebody. Somebody grabbed him from behind. 
and he must have fought furiously um, because they knocked out his teeth, uh, and then they drug him over to the tree. His right arm was around the tree. Now, his um, wife was with him at the top of the slope at uh, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. She said, I'll see you at the bottom of the hill, and it was only a seven-minute run. She waited 45 minutes, and uh, he never showed up, but she didn't report him missing until 5.30. When they found him, it was almost dusk. Uh, they weren't looking for a crime scene. They were looking for a missing person, and uh, they, uh, they 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 did that. It was a huge cover-up. Now, um, one of the people, uh, the investigator, gave me five leads to follow up on uh, people that might be willing to talk. Uh, one of them was uh, uh, the deputy coroner. Well, he uh, said he left the country right after that, but I tracked him down. He's back in, in uh, Reno. And uh, so I called him, and I said, uh, were you the deputy coroner? He said, yes. And I said, uh, were you? Uh, I'm in, he said, who are you? I said, I'm an investigator investigating homicide. He said, who's? I said, Sonny Bono. He got very, very upset and said, you better talk to the sheriff. So uh, the sheriff was the one that uh, covered it up. Huge uh, thing. And again, the Clinton-Bush crime family, huge drug cartels. That's one of the reasons why they went into Afghanistan, because the Taliban were destroying the poppy fields. They couldn't have that. And they also needed a pipeline across Afghanistan uh, going into uh, Iraq, and it was Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia, that wanted us to uh, uh, do that. So, uh, Ray, do you have anything to lend to that? I mean, uh, you've seen so much of it down there at the border, especially with Cocaine Bahrain. Uh, the mayor is he still the mayor of uh, Douglas? Oh no, he isn't the mayor, John. Uh, right now, I think his younger brother is the mayor. So. It uh, must be something that runs in the family, huh? Uh, yeah, I mean... I think his brother is the mayor. Uh, let me see. One cousin, I think, is the police chief. Another one is a uh, detective. Then they've got several that are uh, relatives on the Mexican side. And our Prieta, they're, uh, they're all relatives related in there. So uh, does that would that tell anybody that maybe anything they want to get done, they can probably get done within their own little group? Um you know, John, while you were talking about uh, Sonny Bono, all that kept going through my mind was, uh, were any, uh, was the Hilda Beast in any of the uh, Clinton crime family up there vacationing at that time where Sonny Bono was at? I mean... <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, there's a lot of talk about uh, 30 or 40 people dying mysteriously connected uh, to the uh, Clintons. Uh, in fact, I've told people that more people died than uh, than the JFK and RFK had killed. In fact, JFK and RFK were ruthless killers, believe it or not. They had a lot of people killed. But uh, I think they're upping the, the scorecard. That's all, you know, There's they haven't proved it. But I ho hopefully one day they will. Like five people have died mysteriously connected to the DNC and also uh, with Hillary Clinton just recently. These are evil, vile people. Sure. They're going to do whatever they can to hold on. And the only way to take this country back is by force. Or God has to step in, one of the two. Well, you know, John, when uh, you had mentioned something like that, the Clinton Crime Foundation and whatnot, uh, the the, uh, the mafia, the, you know, the entire mob, you know, all the, the, the movies and everybody watches, you know, those guys are Boy Scouts compared to what goes on here in the U.S. government. I, Probably Girl Scouts compared to uh, 
what goes on in the U.S. government. Um, you talk about uh, there. There's uh, well, there's Senator uh, DeConcini, and then there was uh, LaGuardia and all LaGuardia Airport. They were had quite a few ties out here to Arizona, and we always oh, yeah. wondered, you know, why are they? You know, why are there uh, known bananos around here? You know, there's a lot of known mafioso names that are associated with different areas of Arizona and. Right down here on the border, they claim uh, through the 1940s, 60s, and 70s that the uh, uh, governor's plane was used to fly the majority of heroin out of Douglas, Arizona, that crossed from our Pieta out to uh, Vegas and uh, L.A. and places like that. So I, I actually think the, like say, the mafia and these cartels are basically brownies they're they're girl scouts compared to the criminal activity that we have that goes on in the the u.s government and, and i never did believe this john i just couldn't believe yeah. how people would uh you know that, that could actually do something like this when you you elect them to better your country you put your uh you know your trust in them and then you find out that they're the biggest biggest bunch of low-life scum that ever crawled the face of the earth yeah, well, you know, uh, talking about, uh, Ray, talking about Dee Cassini, you remember our old friend, uh, uh, he used to be in, uh, a customs agent who uh, told us how Dee Cassini uh, was known to be uh, frequently a drug cartel's uh, uh, kingpin's house uh, down in Mexico, but they were told to dummy up, but they estimated he made approximately $20 million off the drug cartels. Uh, do you remember that? Oh, easily. Yeah, yeah. John, they uh, claimed that one time in uh that they they had a card game going on over the other side of uh, the border in our Prieta, you know, in a big fancy uh, club, whatnot, that it cost you around $100,000 just to sit in on the game. So uh, the trucks, I mean, we've got 400 miles of uh, border that borders in one of the most corrupt countries in the entire world, which is Mexico, and uh, I mean, why why wouldn't they? These guys are just looking to lie in their pockets. They have no morals, no scruples. They don't care about the American people. They don't care about anybody but themselves. And I think uh, I think a lot of people right now are starting to wake up to that fact. Uh, well, other than I, I the think... uh, mind, you know, the, the idiots that would vote for the Hill to Beast, they just can't figure it out yet. I, I think that's one of the biggest things Trump has done. So he's had the rats uh, jump out of their holes. Uh, uh, because the mafia and the, and the government pretty much use the same hitmen. They've been working together since uh, World War II uh, when they needed uh, the mafia in Italy. Uh, but it was the mafia and the CIA that killed JFK, which we'll be getting into uh, in, a, in a couple of weeks, uh, maybe uh, well, after, after next week. Uh, we'll be getting into that. Yeah, the same hitmen, a lot of my information came from a uh, hitman uh, that uh, had all the, he said, you know, named all the names. He's the one that uh, told us who killed Jimmy Hoffa and what they did with him, uh, who killed uh, Marilyn Monroe. And uh, it, it, it's just, it, these are really vile people. I mean, they, they killed my friend Ted Gunderson, you know, the FBI agent who became a whistleblower. Uh, he became a whistleblower not only about Sonny, but also uh, about um, uh, what happens all these little kids that disappear, the ones that wind up in milk cartons, they wind up as satanic sacrifices and also uh, 
sex party. Wind up on a plane time. with Bill Clinton out to somewhere with what's what's his name there out to their uh, their island in the middle of the Pacific somewhere. They probably <laughs> took a ride with Slick Willie at certain areas. Yeah, well, they 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 had sex parties with him, and then they kill him. Uh, this Chandra Levy, uh, remember the girl that was killed by this guy, uh, illegal alien, went to prison for it. But I found out. Spring. 